Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, Tom and Zeus. Happy 200th podcast episode of your fantastic podcast. Here's to another 200. See you soon. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oi. This is Gene Simmons. Put that cookie down. Yes. Stop pressing the button. Star Broker Simmons. Star? Paul's family. Is that what he does? Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh, no. Here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. All right. I'm going to grab me a nice cold mellow cow. Why? Why do that to the fans? Stop it. Why? Because fuck That's what are you talking about. 617 525 You do? Hey, fuck Do you like this? Settle down. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 200, aptly titled 200th episode with Eddie Trunk. Tom, we hit a milestone. 200 episodes. I can't, I, it's just, I, I can't believe A, that we're at 200, and I can't believe 100 have already passed since the the Jericho and Bruce draft of of a hundred epi- it's just talk about time just moving at light speeds I I just can't believe it and talk about cold opening hell yes the man Gene Simmons <laughs> throwing out there a two hundredth greeting celebration wishing us well uh can't get better than that can't get better than that for an intro we'll put the video up so you can see it up and close <laughs> dude. He endears himself every time he talks. Couldn't be kinder to do this for us. Yeah. And uh, tip of the hat and a, and a special shout out and thank you to the guys over at Moneybag Sodas. Gene, yep. Gene Simmons, Moneybag Sodas. Yep. Paul, John, and the wallet. Chris, thank you, boys, for your friendship, your support, and for being awesome listeners. Yeah, uh, appreciate I especially that. enjoy our my interview. <laughs> Actions with Chris. He's become a real loyal follower. And we thank all three of them. And of course, the demon himself, Gene Simmons. From Kiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. Huge, huge shout out to the money bag guys for uh for for ha- helping that get done for our 200th. Uh and what a thrill, you know, for us to have Gene say our names and and wish us well and, and do our 200th intro. Uh, just pretty fucking awesome. Yes, it is. And on our 200th episode, we got to give a thank you to our awesome sponsor. And he has been giving us all sorts of tax 
tax advice through text and other stuff. Well, you know, artists today, if you have a company, you can do this and this and that and get a write off of this. We're like, what? He started breaking down. We talk, we started talking about the Metallica. He's like, you know, my friend and I were analyzing that they could have a tax free annuity worth over five million dollars if they sell these many tickets for this tour. We're like, wait, what? 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 He's like, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking Tyrion from Game of Thrones. It's what I do. Okay. That's Mr. what he tax. does. Mr. Tax. <laughs> the tax man, Tony Barone. Yes. Well, hey, loudcasters. We're going to kind of loosen this up a little bit. Tony has his company, and it's called ABCPA Inc., and we've been uh, talking about them for a little over a couple months now. So he's become a sponsor of our show, and the reason why it works both ways is because, never mind the fact that he's an awesome loudcaster listener, Yep. And uh, he's got some good taste and some eh, taste in music. But the guy is an amazing professional. And he's got a great business in Chicago. And just because he's in Chicago does not mean he can't handle business all over this country. We have our funny little line that Tom and I do here. Tom, just so in case you live in where? Topeka, Kansas. (laughs) Or, or Pute, Montana. <laughs> yeah. Tony Barone, the tax man, can help you. So if you have a business, you need help with bookkeeping, financial statements, you do payroll, payroll tax returns, sales tax returns, when you file your federal and state income tax returns, or, which is very good, is if you're starting your own business. You can't just start and then realize later on, oh, shit, I should have done this. You want to talk to a tax man like Tony Barone up front and get that information before you start your business. And a lot of people are going to start a business fresh in 2023, which is right around the corner, Mm -hmm. right? So now if you don't own a business and you're an individual, he can still help you with rental real estate, trust in the state tax return, sole proprietorships if you do. Filing your personal federal and state income tax returns. He's cheaper than H&R Block and more hands-on, and you're helping a small businessman. And you're going to say, I thought you were going to say more handsome, but you said more hands-on, but he's, he's both. A, he's a powerful and attractive man. <laughs> and uh, the other thing that he keeps coming up with, and he's going to probably give us a few new ones, but the part about the, if you owned a business and had employees and you've had a 20% reduction of revenue than you did in 19, 2019 because of COVID or state mandated shutdowns, you can get additional tax credits. And who likes tax credits? Me. The man who in the beginning of this episode, I enjoy tax credits. Now, good luck and congratulations. Now go to my mini golf store and buy some Gene Simmons golf balls. Maybe it's a write-off. Call Tony to find out. Everybody loves a little putt-putt with the demon. (laughs) Well, you can follow the Facebook account, ABCP Inc., or you can follow him on his website, abcpainc.com. 
That's abcpainc.com. You can email Tony at Tony at abcpainc.com. That's Tony at abcpainc.com. Or call him at 708-430-3232. Again, 708-430-3232. Yeah, ABCPA Inc. Telling you, it's tax season, man. Give him a call when you have those questions. He'll point you in the right direction. And he's a huge Rush and Zeppelin fan on top of being a huge We, we want fan. people to call him, Tom. And a Metallica <laughs> fan and a Tool fan. <laughs> a couple of bands that bands. everybody all the bands that everybody loves yeah i was gonna say there are a couple bands and then people might be like i'm not going to call him no never no. anyway call tony tom last week we broke down creatures of the night box set we did a poll yes what was our poll about uh so we asked everybody what would you like to see the next box set be so we said the options were Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park 45th anniversary, the debut 50th for 24, Harder Than Hell 50th in 24, or the Lick It Up 40th for next year. Debut 50th got 38%, Lick It Up 40th at 23%, Kiss Meets the Phantom at 21, and surprisingly, Harder Than Hell coming in last at 17. But uh, a lot of passion behind uh, all, uh, pretty much everybody wants all these. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, our buddy Wally Vidal, one of my, this is one of the greatest photoshops ever. <laughs> he posts, I'd enjoy a deluxe box set of the debut and or remastered remixed hotter than hell, but I'm ready for the unmasked box set. So he takes a picture, that picture of Linus out <laughs> in the pumpkin patch where the sign that says, welcome, great pumpkin. And he gives Linus long black hair. And the sign says, welcome, unmasked, deluxe box set. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. So good. Uh, Mike Reese, just the idea of what they could possibly do with a box set for the debut makes it the obvious choice for me. The demo stuff in Wicked Lester would be worth a price alone. Would it, though, Mike? My uncle is a raft. Oof. Sorry, Gene. We love that song. Amber at Crochet Nose. I voted Lick It Up simply because I think the non-makeup era should get a little more respect. Plus, Eric Carr is a personal favorite of mine. But the 50th is most likely to win because it's one hell of a milestone. Derek Rolando says, I want that Wicked Lester album and a 50th box. I have I have a bootleg CD with that Eddie Kramer demo on it. But the Wicked Lester tracks have all kinds of noise that sound like it was sourced from a dictation cassette, cassette about 10 generations in. Maybe throw in the Daisy show, too. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they could go there. Bruno McDonald, very active with us. We're, Bruno's a, a great follower on Twitter. A remix of Harder Than Hell would be awesome, but otherwise lick it up for me because, one, as you mentioned, vis-a-vis the soundboard releases, we don't need another one from the classic era. Also, lick it up is fantastic, but would benefit from a remaster. To me, it's a little bit muddier than Creatures of the Night. Hmm, interesting, interesting. And our buddy Steve, oh, I love this. A proper release for Phantom include the full Magic Mountain show and replica talisman in the box set. Oh, now you're singing my song, Steve. That would be amazing. R.C. Campbell, this box set is very well done. Terrific stuff by everyone involved in it. And that's about it we got for Twitter. What do you got on the book of face? Joseph Collins. Great episode. It's glad to hear the great Eric Carr represented. Their next off the soundboard should be from the Animalized Tour. 
However, they should throw a bonus disc of live songs with Mark St. John. Rest in peace. Mm, interesting. Okay. Adam Nirenberg. Great episode. I look forward to Saturday to get my fix. First, to answer your question of the week, Gene and Paul knew that Ace wasn't returning. Paul drove to Connecticut to take Ace out to make a last-ditch effort for him to return. That didn't work out. With Creatures, they were looking for a different guitar player and couldn't settle on anyone, and they were writing with Vinny. I will wager that they worked out any issues with Vinny in order for this to hit the market and mitigate any losses that Vinny might file. They wanted any other guitar player, but as time was growing shorter for the start of the tour, they claimed that they settled for Vinny with no other alternative, knowing that he really wasn't the guy. Mm, interesting. He's got a lot more uh, to say, unfortunately, because it's our 200th and we got a long episode. Uh, I'm going to cut that part short, but he does end with saying another great show for my favorite podcast. Adam, thank you. Thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, Christopher Hake, better known as the wallet, the best, yeah, wallet. 20, <laughs> the best 20 second opening in the history of podcasts. <laughs> of and course. that's because their bumper opened the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tom Manning says too bad. Ken Sharp decided against any of my photos, rare items that don't appear anywhere in the book. Know nothing about it. My friend, uh, maybe you can elaborate a little more. Maybe Tom will come on the show sometime and tell us. So Jason Hurden, he uh, commented on the Instagram post, which is the same as the Twitter post. Yep. You saw this on your Instagram. The debut is basically finished. It was the first to be worked on, but was shelled due to COVID. It's now 2024 for the 50th anniversary of the release. The next one is already decided. Ooh, nice. And then a bunch of more people comment and they think it's uh lick it up. Okay. Paul Hader. So I think there was a, a little mix up last week where we were like, we're going to get Paul Hader on the podcast. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, I do. All right. So he's, it's okay to be clear. You could easily get me on your podcast. The question is why in the name of Snipsy's mo- Snap. Harold, Harold Snaps mustache. <laughs> Would you want to get some dude reeking of urine and despair a second of your valuable platform time? Oh, come oh, on, wait. Paul. Maybe you could just get Ace on here. <laughs> no despair, at least just a slight bouquet of urinal pox. <laughs> Happy coming 200th, jumping all hurdles, running the race, winning. The number one kiss podcast for your enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Thanks, buddy. And he's got a cool little video there. Nice. <laughs> and by the way, a funny uh, kind of comments that came up on our Loudcast, Loudcasters Facebook group. We had to put like little filters in there and you have to answer questions in order to comment. Because while we were on the kiss cruise, apparently every celebrity died. Because some idiot that was spamming our, our our Facebook group with all these celebrity death hoaxes. And so we had to add this little thing. And then one of the questions we are we add is who are the hosts of Shout Out Loudcast? And, and someone put Herda the housekeeper. 
I think we shared it. We took I took a screenshot, but we ended up sharing it on our social media. Those are the kind of listeners that oh, are just oh my god. And that's why we're we're at our 200th episode. Exactly, because okay. honestly, because you guys get it. You yeah. get it. You boys are gross, gross. You boys are disgusting. <laughs> Throw that away. This place is disgusting. It's gross. Later. Shut up, cum lips. Get out of here. She's Welcome like, new listeners. Yeah. She's have like Vaseline or something all over her lips. And be all like, oh, what the fuck her to wipe your mouth. I, I have. I haven't done the welcome new listeners bit in a while. Yeah, well, after we call our old German housekeeper cum lips, I wonder <laughs> if they want to stay. Um, oh, God. Over on Loudcasters, Tom. Mike Reese, great episode, guys. Hoping to pick this up after the holidays. Having young kids in Xmas in the same month is a little hard on the wallet. You can do it. Josh Brown. Fuck the Loudcasters. We will always appreciate the work you guys put into the show. It's the highlight of a hard week for some of us. I've said to you guys before, we are thankful for this group and this podcast mm. that has brought a lot of people here to talk KISS. 2023 is the 25th anniversary of Psycho Circus. Psycho Circus box set. It would take a lot of stuff in it to get people to buy it, but I definitely would for the nostalgia of it for me. First of all, that's an interesting idea by him because it would be terrible, but that's just <laughs> me. But it would but it would be interesting because it is the first album with all the original members on the cover and involved with the reunion. So they, there could be a shit ton of stuff in there, demos, et cetera. But a, a, the problem is a lot of, as everybody knows, the full members really didn't play on the album. So I don't know. And I don't know if they would want to acknowledge that. I don't know. It would be interesting, though. That would be very interesting. On our Instagram, Shane Loudon says, I'm still waiting on mine to arrive. Keep the F in FedEx nine days after it shipped. Mark Flores music. Mark is awesome. Yes. Anybody else notice Vinny's unaccompanied spotlight solo coming out of I Want You was not included on the live disc? It's like Gene and Paul said, sorry, dude, but you stirred up too much shit. I did hey. not notice that. I'm sorry. Ugly American Wolf in Werewolf in London. Yeah, we love those guys. Awesome. Just listen, guys. Fun and informative as always. Yeah, check like, those guys out, fellow Pantheon podcaster guys. They're 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 great. Yep. And over on YouTube. YouTube. Did I know I'm gonna fucking be stuck saying that stupid thing? Fucking two hundred episodes later. That's right. No. <laughs> uh, Mark Stewart. I love the fact that Ace called his album Space Invader, but used. The Galactica for his album cover. That oh. is that's inside Kiss Nerdery right yeah. there. I love it. Is that what I did? Eh. By the is way, that... I think it's by the way, I think it's Galaga or Galaga, whoever you pronounce it. He has Galactica in here. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to be a video game dork. So, okay. Uh, Mr. Antonio, 2005. One thing I did in my younger years was cut out articles of Kiss in local newspaper and magazines. Would this classify me as a kiss tard based on the definition? I don't think that may. No, I don't. No, not nope. at all. No, it's just you're a kiss fan. You're, you're a fan. To this day, I still have another scrapbook and includes a very beaten up version 
of the loudest band in the world ad with a caption U.S. tour starts this fall. So glad to finally get a fresh copy now in the box set. Another great detailed review, boys, and looking forward to episode 200. Cool. Yeah. No, that doesn't. There's, there's a very distinct line before you become a kiss tart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marty White, hilarious ace riffing. God bless you, Marty. And Paul Russell says, Tom sounds like Peter Griffin doing oh, ace. Oh, okay. That's not intentional. Yeah. As long as he says, we don't look like Peter Griffin. No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Tom, over to you, buddy. All right. Let's bang out some emails and let's get on with the show here. Our buddy West Beach. We knew that he'd he'd have some stuff to say about creatures. Gentlemen, always dig the unboxing episodes. And coincidentally enough, without any notification from Kiss Online, I got all my creature stuff yesterday. Was nice to see It's My Life on the double CD and colored vinyl release, and I don't know what all the crying is about the price. The box is lavishly put together, and just the cost of the remastering cleaning up the live and demos. The demo tracks are worth the price of admission. And it's not cheap to get licensees for all the photos and artwork in a book, which is just incredible. Now just waiting for the reviews of the individual discs. My only quibble is no Vinny or Ace demos, but that's for probably obvious reasons. And here's my question for you. In lieu of Peter Ace or Vinny joining the band on stage for the final concert, who would you like to see join them? And what song, if any, would they play? Would Paul bring Stevie Wonder on stage? Would Gene bring Diana Ross? Eagerly awaiting episode 200, carry on, boys, Wes. Uh, They're not doing anything different for the final show. Just stop. Stop it. They're not. Okay? It's never happening. But Wes, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. We got a message from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. You can message us directly from there, and John Clifford did that. He says, we definitely need a Phantom of the Park movie reissue, but only if all four original members do a commentary. Oh, Gene would be selling us, the fans, pieces <laughs> of the set during the commentary. Yes. You, can own, you can own a piece of the Coca-Cola stand that I, Gene Simmons, from Kiss, destroyed. Paul would shit all over the movie. Unless it's a scene that he's in. He could say something like, quote, when I was given the line, let's go. I knew it was my time to shine. Let's go. I thought of the greats like Humphrey Bogart, James Dean and Cary Grant. I knew if I gave it all I had, I'd be remembered for more than just putting orange juice in my pasta. Peter would remind us that Gene's brother was an only child and Ace. Oh, Ace. He'd give us the insight we all waited on for 45 years. Ah! And as a special bonus for us, the fans, we would get a full-length Kiss Saves Christmas. Another great episode in poll, as always. Yeah, that's a great one, John. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Our buddy Brad Baird also using shoutoutloudcast.com to send us a message. Hey, guys, thanks again for another great podcast. Supposed to be getting the Creatures box set for Christmas, but we'll see. Y'all have got me pumped up about it for sure. The book is what I can't wait for. Anyway, I'm getting my DVR set for Uncle Ace the first season. (laughs) Is Ace going to have new socks or a new flavor of fountain soda? Have a great one. Appreciate all that you do. Yeah, Brad. Thanks, buddy. And another one from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. This comes from Dwayne Morgan. Hey, Tom and Zeus, I'm a longtime listener. I'm a KISS fan since 1976. And then Dwayne continues to tell us about how he's not too fond of (laughs) some of the members. Yes. 
he goes, what's my point here? I'm not sure. Probably that it's strange to like this band, but also dislike them. Anyways, thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Pretty much he's saying, I love Kiss, but there are things I don't like about Kiss, which is what we've spent 200 episodes talking about. And you are welcome, and this is a safe space for you. Exactly. You and can we lush over Kiss. Oh, my God, they're the greatest. And you can bitch about them. And we finish up feedback with an email from somebody that is very, very important to shout it out loudcast, very special to Zeus and I, and a friend of us. In many ways, we were happy and pleased to spend the weekend with him at Creatures Fest, even though when his flight gets canceled, it's not a pleasant sight. Gary, you won't say that again. Why have I been fucked by the flights all weekend? Play that on your goddamn podcast. And that is the great Gary Cap. And he sends us this email. 200 shows ago, I saw a podcast that said, shout it out loudcast. So I knew it was kiss. So I had to tune in after five minutes and a jerky boys reference. I was hooked 200 episodes later. I can't imagine not having this show in my life. Tom and Zeus are two of the funniest and greatest guys that you will ever meet. Life is short. Some of us know that more than others. And you need to surround yourself with people that bring happiness into your life. Tom and Zeus do this every week. They bring laughter and joy into my life, and I can't thank them enough for that. They get it. They think of others before they think of themselves. Whether it's talking about kiss, piss cakes, keg races, or Sonny hating everything, they bring a variety of podcasts because they love us, the fans. I not only consider them friends, but close friends. And I'm sure I speak for all the loudcasters out there. Congratulations on 200 episodes, and thank you. I would say his to 200 more, but fuck that. See you at a thousand. Wow. Your, pa- your pal, Gary Cap. Gary, you are the man. You are a friend. I'm so glad that we have met you through the show and met you in person. And this email is perfectly written. And for that, my friend, you are the 200th episode comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> Woohoo! Gary Cap. Everybody knows Gary, and everybody that does know him loves him. And there's a reason for that because he's one of the good guys. Absolutely. Gary, we love your brother. Appreciate everything you do for us. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Tom, people that we also love are our Patreon fans and listeners yes they have now become our family members uh the the show would not be the same without them their support is greatly appreciated and specifically uh the the crew that we have uh right now can't get any better unless you the listener out there joins (laughs) as well (laughs) <laughs> but we have a couple things going on and a uh, couple little special surprises for you guys. You'll get an email, a message from us coming up. We're not going to release it on the show. You want to hear it? Become a subscriber. And uh, thank you, guys. And uh, your your support has helped the show grow in so many different ways. There are four tiers. You can jump in, help us any way possible. And when you do so, uh, you'll get some perks from us and you'll become part of this uh, Patreon 
family. And we have a lot of fun over here. And thank you so much to them. Thank you for your support. If you're interested or want to know more or thinking about it, please just go to our awesome website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. First page, the landing page, you'll see Patreon. Click on that link. When you click that link, it'll bring you to our Patreon page. Read the four different tiers. Pick something that you want to be able to uh, join. And now you are part of the family. And thank you again to Patreon members. Uh, We can't do it without you. So much love for you guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Uh, 200 episodes honestly would not be possible without the support of the Patreon family. You guys are incredible. Uh, Please, if you're interested, if you're curious to what Patreon is, visit the website, search for us, download the app, search for us. Uh, But a huge thanks to everybody that's been part of the family. And uh, we look forward to uh, increasing the size of that family as well. So thank you. So, Tom, what we do next is we talk about some uh, kiss news. The only thing I'm going to add to this part is uh, uh, apparently there are still people waiting on their Creatures of the Night box set. But far from the course, it's kissonline.com. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what's happening if that really is Kiss Online because the item is saying that it's shipped. And then it goes into like package, like the Bermuda Triangle, like Newman is handling it or something. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, so I don't do any shipping. I purchase really a lot of stuff these days without it being either UPS or FedEx, which you can track or Amazon. So the other stuff, I don't know. Maybe other companies are having the same problems. You can so track, that, you can track US mail. You, they have tracking. No, no, it, I understand that. Oh, I'm okay, just saying, okay. like, I don't know other companies. I'm not ordering other shit. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know if all the, all the companies that are using other forms because they don't maybe do as much are having right. problems with shipping. I don't know, yeah. but it, it I didn't want this to become a discussion. I want to move on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just still out there. People bitching yeah. about the, they haven't received their box set yet. Yep. All right. So the big piece of news is we're recording on, uh, uh, we're recording this part of the show on Wednesday, November 30th. And last night in uh, Tokyo, Kiss played at the Tokyo Dome. And it was a, a one-off show in, in Japan for the end of the road. And they did make a change. I mean, we got to give them credit. We bitch about it. They added making love to the set list. They threw it in after Colin Dr. Love and before Psycho Circus. First time before. I'm with. uh, Listen, I'm with you. However, they did something that we say that they never do. Okay. Uh, Now they added a song. Making love, I'm, I've I have literally never been a fan of that song. The only version I like is the version on Alive Two because Ace's solo is on fire. That song is a is whatever. Um, I don't know. They added it. Whatever. Other than that, it was the exact same set list in the exact same order. So that's what you got, people. Um, other news, which is beyond hilarious, and I, I it's unintentionally hilarious, maybe. Our buddy Ace. Hey, what's up, Tom and Zeus? Congratulations on 200 episodes of your TV show. <laughs> uh, Ace, it's a uh, audio uh, podcast. We we talk. Can I get that on a CD? Uh, uh, you can't. Sorry, Ace. Okay. So S- say hello to Eddie for me. <laughs> oh, Eddie talks about Ace. Believe me, we get to that. So this is, uh, God, I, I don't know what. 
this is he's just so weird. I love Ace. So guitarist Ace Freely has taken to social media wishing, quote, happy holidays to all my fans. Here's an early Christmas present from the Ace Man. And then I don't know who asked for this. So here's an early Christmas present from the Ace Man. So you think it's something. So then he goes, it's my top 10 list of the best sci-fi movies released up until 1960. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. Dude, what the fuck are you? Who? What are you doing? Hey, happy holidays. Here's a list of random movies from 60 years ago. Here's a list of fruit that I can easily digest. I just want to let you know number one is Forbidden Planet from 1956. <laughs> Ace. First of all, I like how he goes, here's an early Christmas present. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> what? I love well, it. I love well, it. Well, it's better than him saying, here's a collection of all my tape, a box set of cassettes of my albums. Uh, Ace, uh, Rachel is selling those. Uh, she's selling blind bags of cassettes for like $1,000. <laughs> here's a cassette of Ace cutting his leg on a bandsaw. Oh, fuck. But the other piece of the news here is that he goes, by the way, so so the news is here's a top 10 list of fucking movies that are 60 years old. <laughs> then he then the PS part of the post is PS. My new studio record is nearing completion. Hopefully it'll be out spring, summer 2023. Like that's the PS. Shouldn't the PS be here's my top 10 list of movies that are 60 years old. I don't know, man. I love Ace. I love the guy. But anyways, so he's working on new material. I'm not sure who's looking for that, if people want it, but it's out there. There's an Ace call out there, and they'll take anything he does. Hell, yes, there is. Ace is is putting out new music. It's never Ace is putting out great music. No. (laughs) Ace is putting out new music. That's right. That's right. But that's all right, though. God bless him. God bless you, brother. See you. God bless. Wish Uh, you luck in the future. And then another news, uh, Gene Simmons. Made an appearance on Bill Maher's podcast, Club Random, and it was fucking incredible. No kiss talk. No kiss talk at all. But these two guys together. And some people are really butthurt about that. I'm the Why? Host. I find Gene fascinating. Dude, I, I, could, I wish that episode went on for like four hours. I yep. love the two of those guys talking yep. together. So thoughtful, strong opinions, but informed opinions. A great back and forth discussion. Like you could tell that those guys have really good chemistry together. Like the two of them could do a show together. It was great. Yeah. Gene oh. is so I'm not even gonna say what he said. There's a couple funny, funny lines in there. But I I I mean, two of my favorite people to hear talk. Yep. Because they listen to other opinions as well. Yeah. Exactly. So, and they're was, not scared to share theirs. That was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Yep. But Tom, in other news. Yeah, this is more shouted out loudcast news. We really appreciate what a lot of our loudcasters have been doing lately, and they did it last year, and this year they're doing it again. And that is putting on social media all of their Spotify list and where, how much they listen to our show, and where we rank in their top five podcast listened. Guys, continue doing that. We, you have no idea how much that means to us. We love seeing that. I'm trying to get as many screenshots of these as possible. Maybe I'll put something together with it. Yeah. But thank you for doing that. We really love it. It makes us smile. So if you want to see Tom and I smile, keep putting those 
Spotify playlists, uh, mentioning Shout It Out Loudcast, or the minutes listen to us. I know there are some funny guys out there that say, yeah, 8,000 minutes. Yeah, that was just feedback on the last Kiss uh, Cruise episode. Hey, that's okay. We love them anyways. Yeah. But but guys, thank you so much for that. We we really appreciate, A, that you're listening to us to the point where it's the number one podcast on your on your spotify but then you're sharing that screenshot and stuff because we know spotify does the spotify wrapped at the end of the year with your music and all that stuff so we just really appreciate that you're doing that and that you're sharing that on social media it just means so much and again 200 episodes wouldn't be possible without this kind of fan base and we we love you guys for that so thank you yeah tom so that leads us to our episode and topic but before we get to our 200th episode topic. What's that? You want me to do a bumper for your show? Oh, wait. I can't do bumps anymore. Rachel told me it's not good for me. Maryland sports fans. There's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Bedfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BedfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. All right, we're back. Uh, I was just talking to Ace. He's trying to order... Uh, the Forbidden Planet on VHS, but I, I tried to explain that video cassettes, we don't use those anymore. What, what are you talking about? What am I supposed to do with this collection? I got a double VCR here so I can duplicate cassettes from my friends. It's DVDs now. Sorry, Ace. So that's where we're back now, though. So, yes, and we're back. And this is our 200th episode. Tom, we started this in 2019, about I don't know, the summer of 2018, we came up with this thought, like, hey, why don't we do it? What do you want to do? I don't know. And I just had learned what podcasts were. You brought it to my attention. Like, you can talk about Kiss, and I can listen to it at any point in time in my day? Holy shit. And then, just like our heroes, we're like, well, we got to do it our way. Right? We wanted to be the podcast we wanted to hear about Kiss. Exactly. And we wanted to add our personality, our humor, our jokes, our references, our pop culture. What we do, we've been saying this for 200 episodes. What you're hearing is what you would be hearing without us hitting record. So this is what this is us. And the fact that this is translated into something that has reached 200 episodes and to the point where we can celebrate this by having Gene Simmons do an introduction to it and then spend 90 minutes with somebody like Eddie Trunk, who tells us that he listens to our show 
is just it's an incredible thing and we in we're we're so proud of what we have done but we're so proud of you guys as fans listeners and supporters the community that has grown to make shout it out loudcast what it is it's incredible and we're just we're beyond thrilled it, it, it's exactly the point it's us so it's not just Tom and I's 200th. It's all of our 200th episode. Yep. We we don't get the people that we get to come on or the people that comment or the people that want to uh, we meet on at KISS concerts and things like that without you guys. And because of you, we're able to have this long conversation with that shit. We could have. I had my kid at a basketball game. I We could have went on for another hour or two. And. As somebody once said to us uh, a couple weeks ago, I think ago, is you used to quote Eddie Trunk's comments on Kiss. Now he's quoting you guys about Kiss on his show. Exactly. Eddie is uh, obviously got a huge, well-deserved audience. And he gets it because right or wrong, he says what. He thinks it's on his mind. We don't always agree with him. You can, if you want, if you want to hear about that, listen to our earlier episodes. We we had a lot of fucking problems with him, but like a stand up guy and a person who has strong opinions, he'll he's like, yeah, I'm happy to debate all this stuff. And as he says, I get fucking offers all the time to come on shows to talk and stuff, but I want to come on your show because I actually listen to your show. And why do I listen? Because you guys are actually funny. And you're interesting. You have opinions. You say things that aren't just the same old uh, staying with the company line. And, oh, yeah, this is one. This is fantastic. Great. Another live album with uh, Shout It Out Loud on it. Fantastic. I enjoy the fact that it's taken three weeks for me to get the box set. Yay. It's not Kiss's fault. <laughs> yeah. Dubai, somebody said. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, so for us to get a 200 means that we're still enjoying to do this. Yes. Which obviously you can tell because this has become like, sadly for me, like I, I jump on what I need to get done here before I have to get on my personal, my business sometimes. And I shouldn't be doing that. But this is the stuff I really enjoy. And Tom has had that. We both have gone through some really kind of difficult times one more so than the other recently and you guys in this show have been there for us so to say that we got to 200th episode it's it's not an accurate statement we got to 200th episode all of us yeah and we and, couldn't have done this without you yeah and to celebrate 200 we wanted to have like just a, a balls out discussion about the band about the albums about the whatever and we're like we love to do rankings. We love to do interviews. We know that Eddie loves to do rankings and Eddie loves to do interviews. And we know that Eddie has strong opinions. He's a passionate fan of the band. So we're like, what better way to celebrate 200 than to have somebody like Eddie Trunk and put all that together and just shoot the shit for 90 minutes about everything. Now, the beginning of the interview, we talk about some current events, some non-KISS stuff, because we got Eddie on it. We want to take advantage of, of, of that and as part of the conversation. Then we just take a deep dive and just get into rank this, rank that. What's your favorite this? What's your least favorite that? Then he starts asking us questions. And Zeus is right. It it just kept going. And, and we kept saying, oh, thank you for your time. He's like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm on a roll. I don't want to stop. Once I get going, he, he once he starts talking about KISS, he can't stop. Like Zeus and I, 
So one of the things we were thinking about doing is uh, Jericho on his talk is Jericho. I think every hundredth episode milestone for a show, he had Paul on. Yep. And so we were always thinking like, we want to do this round table breakdown discussion on episode 200. We are at Eddie. We're like, let's get Chris back on too. So we can make it every hundredth episode. Jericho's on with us. Unfortunately, he's in Australia. Fortunate for the Australian fans out there. He's touring. His band Fozzie is touring right now with Buck Cherry, both badass bands, kick ass. So we, we, we loved it. And as we were joking with Eddie, we're like, I think the three of us love to talk. Now you add Chris in here. This is going to be fucking four hours. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. We were, we were glad and lucky to have the great Eddie trunk. Join us for the best fucking breakdown and kiss discussion that we've ever had on shout it out Loudcast. Here it is. So we're here for our 200th episode, and we're joined by one of our favorite guests. Eddie Trunk is here to celebrate 200 episodes. We love to talk rock, metal, kiss. We love strong opinions. Who better than to join us? But Eddie, thank you so much for joining us on this momentous occasion, our 200th episode, Eddie. Guys, I'm I'm honored. I can't imagine how many you had to pass over that said no before you <laughs> fell to me for this. But uh, as a listener, I thank you for having me, and it's a pleasure, and congrats on 200. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, before we get into, the obviously, the KISS conversation, there's a few things that have happened in the news that I kind of had. I want to get your opinion. Yeah. I know Tom has one that's really strong because it just happened yesterday so yeah. go ahead buddy yeah so yeah we'll, we'll get into kiss but like zeus said we got you here we want to we want to pick your brain on a couple of things so zeus and i have a, a little side project podcast that we we call dorm damage based on some of the trouble we got into in college and it's stuff that we talk about that's not really kiss related and we did an episode uh earlier this week because the, the news just broke uh yesterday on monday november 28th that metallica Blew everybody away with the announcement of their new album, their single in this incredible tour where they're going to be playing two nights, completely unique set list, different opening bands, uh, just mind blowing for a Metallica fan, mind blowing for a music fan. But Zeus and I talked a little bit and want to get your opinion quickly on that and just how innovative that is for a band that's been around for 40 years. Yeah, you know, I, I, as as some know or maybe don't know, I do a daily talk show about rock music on Sirius XM yep. every day. So shameless plug here at the top, Go 3 to 5 it. Eastern every day on 103, and it's on the app. And we do this every day. And I just got off the air at the time we're recording this. And I just talked about that at length because it's really, I don't think any band in the history of touring has ever done what Metallica has done. This is ambitious on so many different levels. First of all, they've, they've mapped out their next two years in advance. Yep. They're never going to do those like 200 city tours again nonstop. They, they, go, they have their own planes. They fly home. They go back, what have you. So they've got all those luxuries and ability to do that, which is great. But to be this innovative and to not only say we're doing two nights in every city and never the same song between night one and two <laughs> – and then to the point we're going to change the opening act so you go two nights and you don't hear from anyone the same song twice think about this that means people are going to go see metallica and one of those nights if they only go once you're not going to hear i understand that i mean 
I'm right. fine with that, but that's it's just amazing. And I get so many calls from people to my radio show about why don't bands change their set list? Why don't they? Well, there's two reasons. One is because most of them are so worried about deviating from what the hits are and what works. Touring is so important. They're worried they're going to lose people coming back. But the other reason is just laziness. They don't want to take the time to rehearse. Exactly. It's dialed in. They know it inside out. And it's like getting on a bike. And they don't want to put the effort into learning songs. Uh, Most bands have told me that, honestly. So for Metallica to do this, they're offering two-night ticket packages. They're offering discounted tickets if you're under 18 to get younger fans in reasonably. They're offering a ticket. You can go to any show on any continent. Um, it's it's completely amazing what they're doing. And, you know, I go way back with those guys from the beginning. I just yep. hosted a show for them in Florida a few weeks ago where they played nothing but songs from their first two records because yes. it honored the label I used to work for. The way they do things, their infrastructure, the way they've never forgotten their roots, the way they think about the fans, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. And and was that the uh was that the 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 mega force event for yeah. The, yeah. the Johnny Z, the passing of Johnny Z? Yeah, and just yeah. the fact that they did that. I mean, for people that don't know the backstory, real quickly, they started on Mega Force Records. I worked at that label, vice president, eighty six to ninety. I got there just as Metallica was leaving. Yep. But as soon as the founders of that label, John and Marcia Z, my former bo- bosses, and the people that brought Metallica to the world initially. When they both passed away in the last couple of years, you know, I'm in touch with Lars and I was like, man, it'd be great if we did some tribute to them. And he, they just ran with it. And then he yeah. called me and he's like, hey, hey, I want to make sure people coming to this show know the importance of them. So we want you to come out, talk for like 10 minutes to the audience. I mean, they flew me down. I mean, they're just they just know the way to do it. Yeah. They really do. And if you're a Metallica fan, I mean. To the point of changing the opening acts. I incredible. Mean, it's amazing. And great acts too. Well, it's, you know, yeah. they're it's not painters. It's not a couple painters. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a painter. Yeah. And the the thing about it is uh as we talked about this episode, with Tom and I were laughing about the bizarre world of KISS doing something like this. <laughs> like, what are the odds? KISS has like been at this 50 years and we keep laughing about the set list, and that's our kind of our our bitching that we do all the time. We're like, they, they did that Dubai thing. And they're like, Oh, we have a couple minutes before midnight. What song should we play? I, I don't know. Uh, Strutter. Strutter. I that? saw that. Like, yeah. You, you haven't played Strutter. You've been playing for 50 fucking years and you're like, still like, Oh, uh, maybe we do strut. Like you. Hey, speaking of that. Right. And again, we can talk about anything and we probably will be all over the map. Yeah. Go ahead. We're all just geeks, but. Speaking of the Dubai thing, and I honestly don't know the answer to this. I had got calls to my show. People were pissed off that bought some sort of super deluxe thing, and they still haven't gotten their stuff. Is that true? See, so the reason the reason Zeus and I are laughing right now, Eddie, I, we shouldn't is be, because buddy. is because on this show, Dubai, it just the word itself is a punchline in the yeah. Kiss world. Okay, because. That's right. There were there were all these packages. You could get the Blu-ray of the concert. You could get these super deluxe premium packages. Like your name would be on the DVD as a producer or something. You could buy these. Like um, there are some packages worth over thousands of dollars. Correct. So, yes, it's been literally two full years. Not only have people not received their items, 
There hasn't been one word from anybody about it, except for Doc on the cruise made a comment saying that the band is going to make it right or whatever. That's it. That's no it. one's addressed it. No one's That's talked it. about it because they don't go to a place where someone's going to ask Kiss about it. Like, hey, what happened about that? Yeah, it's but that's thousands of dollars oh. of, of the fans that are the bosses that you're just leaving twisting. Correct. That's yes, exactly. that can't happen. That's like that's next level, like legal shit. I would think. Well, it's yeah. funny too. It's funny too because you don't even really hear people talking about it anymore. Which is why when when we brought up Dubai the two of us just start laughing because I mean, we're not laughing at the people that got screwed out of their money. We're just laughing at the ridiculousness of the, of the fact that kiss put on this event and sold these packages wow. and sold these things. And there's just no liability. There's just no responsibility for what, for that money or for those items. It's yeah. It, it, it just it, doesn't, I mean, that just doesn't sound like, I don't even know how that's pot. Like, that's just not something like, you can't like even if even if it was a third party that was the fulfillment company, that, that's you're somebody's holding that money. You've got to go and make that right. Correct. Yep. No. It's the same thing with their their product, KissOnline.com. So everybody purchases these brand new box sets are coming out. I got to get it. Yeah, it's still in shipping. Everyone goes on Amazon, gets it the next day. Kiss Online weeks away. Hey, it says uh, it's in uh, Ohio. I live in Florida. It shipped from North Carolina. Where the hell's my shit? And so now Dubai is now like, hey, I got Dubai on that Creatures of the Night box <laughs> set. Right? It's and terrible. It's- you don't want to laugh because that's real money to a lot of people. And that's yeah. just bullshit. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cheap in any way, but I also worked hard for my money. And if I sure. spent money on something, just all I want is what I told I was going to get. It's just like when people call my show and they went to a meet and greet and like, the, the person didn't fulfill what the rule of the meet and greet is. You got to go letter of the law. And if you're going to charge somebody to t- shake their hand or take a picture, it's all got to be laid out. Hey, real quick on the creatures box. Cause I know you guys yeah. reviewed it recently. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. We were going to get to that. I, I have it. I haven't dug into it deeply, but I have it. Yeah. Um. Do you know, cause I didn't, I heard about half of your show so far where you reviewed it. Yep. Do, I don't know if people realize this or not. And if it's in there, but do you know if they put in there the press release when they told everybody that Ace was in an accident and Vinny was filling in and would resume on the tour? Is that press release in there? I believe that there's mentioned. So in the hardbound book, which I have not gone through every single word of it, it's about 80 pages. Uh, I believe that there is something referencing that. I don't know if it's the actual copy of the press release because there are some... um, you know, photocopies, you know, of, of those of original things like that. But I do believe it's addressed in there. I can, I, I haven't read the entire book, but I do remember that story that that's, that's what they I had. It. Yeah. Yeah. I had the press release. I, yep. I literally had it. Cause I, I mean, I was, I was really just like at the very early signs of putting my toe in the business, but I don't remember how I had it, Yeah, but I remember because I was like, so want, you know, oh, Ace is on the album cover. Ace is in the video. Oh, he's just going to miss some shows. They literally put out a press release. I went through the book, which looks amazing to me, but I'm about half through the book. And uh, the thing that I did see in the book that I never knew about that I found really interesting. Did you guys see the the uh, PR person talking about what the narrative is going to be about? That was incredible. Back to like rock and reestablishing rock. That 
that mm-hmm. that copy of that PR notice, it was like it yeah. was like a, the bullet points about what they're going to do to get Kiss back on track. That was really interesting. Yes, I'm with you guys. I'm I love periods in bands' histories where there's all this like weirdness and upheaval and what yep. have you. Like that period for Kiss, like Dynasty into Unmasked into Elder into Creatures, is so interesting to me. And I there's moments I really like musically there. And like, you know, I'm a big Aerosmith fan. So like the rock in the hard place, Joe Perry project. Period. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like yes. It, blow, it blows my mind that Aerosmith played with Crespo in Boston and Joe Perry went to the gig. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love yeah. that shit. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. We used yeah. to have we used, this is college days. They used to have that Mama Kin bar right on Lansdowne Street near Fenway yeah. Park. Yeah. And then you and could order there. Yeah, and you could order food from the bitchin' kitchen at Mama Kin. That's what they called it. It was their, it was their, it was their club right there on Lansdowne. Yeah, it was a yeah. lot of fun back then. Zeus, yeah. go ahead. You had yeah, something so, non, no, you wanted to get to before we yeah, dive into Kiss. I know. So the and it is all these are kind of Kiss related. Yeah. Any thoughts or comments about Joey Lynn Turner's uh, comment about Paul and the tracks? And did you catch? That? I didn't see it. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. Okay. I see. Now I'm worried because I don't want to. I want to. I'm going to paraphrase, but he made comments about, hey, uh, you know, bands that can't do it anymore should just give it up. And then someone brought up, well, you mean like Kiss? He's like, well, how much money do you need? I mean, don't you have there's some pride thing involved here? Like, why do you need to do that? And it was kind of, and he's like, I don't mean to pick on them, but like, I don't think where was this in some it was, a it was like, I mean, it, it was it went out there for a while it um, was it was it's on all it's on blabbermouth and everything's it's joe lynn turner did an interview uh with uh something called metal castle i apologize if they're a podcast or a publication yeah and uh and and they talked about it and he and he threw kiss out there and zeus uh quoted it right you know he's like don't you know don't you have enough money all you're doing is destroying your legacy uh and then he goes i'm he goes i'm not trying to point them out Okay, but well you just did. <laughs> yeah. So I, I go ahead. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I didn't see. I didn't see that, but it. it uh, you know, I, I said all the time. I mean, the the whole tracks issue. Yeah. Is an enormous issue to me, and I've made it very much a soapbox, as a lot of people know, for years now. Not mm-hmm. and not just related to Kiss. Yeah, it's a blanket thing for me. I, I'm out if I know a band is doing it. I'm out because the whole reason I go to see a band is to hear how they play live, and if they're going to sound exactly the same every night, which they will if they're if it's coming off a computer, I, I I literally see no reason to see a band live. I don't care how many fireworks they have or how cute their outfits are. I the whole reason from day one till now that I go see a band is what are they going to sound like live? It shouldn't sound like the record. That's the whole point. It should be live. And uh, how can you execute that? And what do you do? And, and all of that. So um, I, I, what happens here is you, for, and, and, you know, there's this narrative that gets put out there like, well, everybody does it now. Total bullshit. They do not. There are a lot of bands that do not. And the ones that do not are very prideful of that. And you can imagine how frustrating it would be if you're on a festival lineup and say there's six bands playing on one day, and every other one is running a barrage of vocals, guitars, all this stuff, and everybody's running around talking about how great that band sounded, and you just went up there and sang your ass off and poured your heart out, yeah, they were all right, but the band after them, you should have heard what they sounded like. You're going to get pissed off. like You're going to be like, what the hell's going on? 
Look at what Ian Gillen, I, I just read this quote on my show earlier, Ian Gillen from Deep Purple. Deep Purple guy's like yeah. 77. He's still out there, still singing, doing the best he can. He yep. admitted their songs they cannot do live anymore because he can't sing them. There's no shame in that. But he was saying, and I don't know, he wouldn't name the band, but he's like 20 years ago, we had an Amer a big American band out with us in Europe. He goes, and they literally had a sound console set up backstage with running tapes and tracks and everything. He goes, we were like listening to him in soundcheck and saying, wow, they sound amazing. Then we went backstage and realized it was all recording. <laughs> wow. He's like, and we go up there, 70 something year old guys pouring our hearts out, doing our best. So eventually, you know, artists are going to take exception to it. They because, and they should, and fans should, um, because they can't, they can't figure out like, where are we going here? Like it's a super slippery slope. It really is. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because when you get to the point of, Ah, who cares? And there's indifference about it or not any concern for it at all, then get ready because every rock show you see is just going to be a recording. It's happened in pop music. I bring this comparison up all the time. Ashley Simpson, yep. Saturday Night Live, people went crazy. Three weeks ago, the pop artist Dua Lipa charging thousands for tickets. Yep. She's on stage on her platform singing, drops the <laughs> mic, lead vocal still pouring through the PA. She <laughs> frantically runs around looking for her mic, gets it back, totally exposed. What does that pop audience do? Not be like, holy shit, what did we just pay thousands for? They applaud. Imagine. Thank you for playing us a recording while we spent thousands to see you. Yep. That's what's happened in pop. We're headed down that road rapidly in rock. If somebody doesn't put the reins on and doesn't somebody say enough's enough, why can't a live rock show be a live rock show? We well, could do this a, all day. It, uh, it, the, and, right. and real quick, let's let's segue into another thing that we want to talk about. And, and we are going to get to Kiss because we are a Kiss show, and that's why you're here. But there's so much stuff going on in the in the world of rock that we we want to take advantage of this time. So speaking of segues and speaking of tracks. <clears throat> um, have you have you seen the 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 story about Blackie Lawless? Oh yeah, I talked about it at length okay. today on my show. Actually, okay, yeah. for, all right. For, forgive us for oh, yeah, this no, crossover here, but you guys yeah. should have been listening. I'm just telling no, no, you. No. Yeah. Okay. This go is ahead. None of this stuff that I've in any in any way have dodged or stayed away from. I mean, I'm covering it all every day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the the thing you know, and I said this on the air earlier. I, I go way back with Blackie. He was my first interview back in one of my first in 83. I've had him on twice leading into this tour. Yep. And look, just for clarity, if artists decide they want to do this and are doing this, it doesn't mean that it means that I'm not interested in going to see them because it's not live and it loses all luster for me. Right. But it doesn't mean I hate them personally or I won't sure. talk to them or yeah. they're on a festival. I'm walking out. It's none of that. It's just. Again, if it's controversial that you think a live rock show should be live, then I don't know how far this is down the road we've <laughs> yeah. fallen. But the thing with Blackie is interesting because he uh, now he has not toured in America for ten years, which is why there's so much interest on this on these shows. Yeah, and the the thing about it is apparently through in Europe where he has toured in the last ten years. This is almost, this has been a very calm, like people just know this, that this has been going on. 
It's new to the American audiences. I have not seen the show. I've seen the videos, and many pointed it out to me. And when I watched the videos, it was so blatant because he was so off mic that I thought and said to some people, you got to be careful here because there's a lot of artists that hire or have a musician in the band because they can sing exactly like them and help cover their vocal. And by the way, I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. As long as it's done live, I don't care if you have extra musicians. So, you know, David Coverdale last tour had two keyboard players in the band. Whitesnake doesn't need two keyboard players, but the guy sings like a bird and helps David out. No problem. Aerosmith has a guy named Buck Johnson. He's on the stage. Steven introduces him. He helps Steven out. He sings with him. So I thought, because looking at YouTube videos, I'm like, there's no way. There's got to be a guy, maybe he's just out of shot, singing with him. So I think that Blackie had to be, uh, and I give the guys, even though I don't agree with it, I give the guys that are honest about it credit for being honest. Because Blackie was, I got into it with this guy who I don't even know from this new band called Falling in Reverse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yep. That made huge news. All I did was like, I I was just shocked that I'm like, you guys don't think this is a problem. You now have a band that canceled and to their credit admitted the truth. Yeah, because their laptop was was stolen or lost. Right. They literally admitted it. I didn't (laughs) say they admitted it. So like, if you don't see what's happening here, but those artists are at least being transparent and copping to it. But there are tons of people that aren't. And uh, I don't care where you land. I just I just don't get it. And with Blackie, I, it just bums me out because I'm a fan. And here's what's crazy to me. And this is why, to me, this is such a problem. Since that tour has been out, it's doing very well. Every day I'm getting calls to my show. People saying how great he sounds. Yeah. Now. He just admitted, we don't know what percentage is real versus a recording, but yeah. he's admitting he's doing it. To his credit, he's being honest. What? Right. What does he really sound like? Right. How? To me, every review saying how great he sounded is now completely invalid because we're not hearing 100% somebody singing. Yep. Right. I mean, this is, to me, this is such... Uh, people want to say is rock dead is not rock not dead to me if you really want to kill the essence of rock and roll we continue down this path and uh here's the uh, here's the last thing on this because again i rail about this all the time and i have very strong feelings about it yeah go ahead the 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 narrative that you get from some people too on this is like well you're just old and out of touch with technology because (laughs) what like Again, people are paying their hard-earned money to hear a band play live. Like nothing what, what to do with ta- like knowledge. what are we talking about? Like I, I can't <laughs> even process that. And it's like I'm all for technology, and I understand you want to sync your lights to click tracks or whatever. And I have no problem with bands that have a keyboard part recorded or whatever. But let's be honest, there are bands out there full on guitars, drum triggers, bass, vocals. At the at the rate we're going, 
it's the ship. The, if if more fans don't put a foot down about it, again, why wouldn't Ian Gillen at seventy seven go out there and croak along? Why? Right. Yeah. And nobody cares, and promoters don't care. The first line of defense would be promoters saying, mm. "Hey." If I'm booking you and I'm paying you, I want the show to be predominantly live. But the promoters don't give a shit because all they care about is selling a ticket. And if people are coming, they don't care what the band's doing. Yeah. So the last line of defense is the fan caring. And if the fans, fans already seemingly don't care who is or isn't in bands, if they have any original members. Yeah. Uh, and now yep. if you're not caring if they're actually playing, again, I've threatened this, but I'm going to go out with my own band. And I can't sing or play a note. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So another so another good segue here. Speaking of his rock is dead and bands and everything. So uh, we we did a couple episodes covering our experience on the Kiss Cruise. And then we were lucky enough to grab four of our favorite bands that were on there. Uh, the all-female Black Sabbath tribute band, Black Sabbath. Uh, they're incredible. And then three bands, all young, all original material. And that is Plush. Sisters Doll and the LA Maybe, all incredible. All we said this on our show. We're not saying this. Enjoyed a little bit more than the Kiss experience. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, they 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 were great. They were a great interview on our show. We were lucky enough to have it, and they absolutely kicked ass live. Talk to us about these bands. If not to put you on the spot, if you're familiar with them, if you know oh, anything yeah. about them, if you've heard about them, what, what, because watching those bands live and then talking to them and seeing them up close because they were all relegated to the really small clubs on the cruise. So you, you were right on top of them. Um, they're great. And rock is not dead. You just have to search really hard to find it. And uh, I think these, these are three bands to keep an eye on. Well, four. the only band I don't know of the ones you four. mentioned, I'm sorry. Yeah. Four. The only, the only band I don't know of the bands you mentioned. Well, I don't, I've not seen black Savage. I don't know them. Okay. And I don't know what is the name of that L.A. Maybe the, the L.A. Maybe yes, Carolina no, I, band. I don't know them at all. They're yeah. incredible but, because um, I'll tell you right now, and, and you check them out because they, they are they bring that energy of like a Guns and Roses, a Black Crows, like a real ballsy swagger of a band. They're they're incredible, excellent, excellent band. Cool, I'll look for them. Yeah, yeah. you're right. The, the the thing about music now, and I agree, rock is certainly not dead, but it's harder to find the good stuff. Because literally anybody can make music now. Exactly. It used to be the label was a gatekeeper and you couldn't even physically make or produce music unless you had already passed a bunch of hurdles and vetting to get music out. Yep. Now it's the Wild West. You know, I say all the time, the good news is anybody can make music. The bad news is anybody can make and put out music. <laughs> and yeah. trying to stand out from the pack is really, really hard. So it's important to kind of like one of the things I try to do every day on my show is give people some direction. If something came out, that's really good because the idea of selling it is even the ship is sailed. It's about letting people know you exist and clicking on it to listen because yep. it's just trying to stand out and get some traction. But plush, I know uh, Mariah, uh, I always mispronounce her name, Mariah, the singer. Mariah. Yep. So I've known her for a long time. She used to do some stuff. Uh, Michael Sweet took, her under his wing from Striper yes. early on. Yep. And actually one of the girls in that band, and I've had, I've had Mariah on my show and I do like their record very much. One of the girls in that band, there's a guy that worked having huge history with Ace Freely, 
by the way, your ace impressions and <laughs> shit is so good that I I don't get on the treadmill nearly enough, but when I do and I'm listening and you guys do your ace stuff. Oh, thanks a lot, brother. Off. We appreciate it. I swear to God. <laughs> you know, I literally, I talk to him all the time, so it really kills me because it's oh. like, this is ridiculous. He he, and I think you're going to go and talk about Ashley. Yes, came up with dad Uncle Ace. With Mike, she calls her dad him. worked with Ace for years. Yes, yes. that's where the whole dad. Uncle. That's where the whole Uncle Ace. <laughs> thing where, came like, that's told, like an '80s sitcom. Uncle she Ace. She's like, she's like, yeah, we call him Uncle Ace. So like, oh, not shit, Uncle. Here comes, Pop, a, it's here Uncle comes Ace. another bit, Uncle Ace. <laughs> yeah, and and sisters dolls. So I just saw them recently. So yeah. My history with them is I know that so when Peter did his final yep, performance thing about yep. six years ago in New York, I was there and they were his backing band. So yep. I met them then. And then Peter's wife contacted me recently and said that they were trying to do some dates in America. Could I help? She was just trying to help them yep. out. So I got them booked in Vegas where I have a second home at a club oh, called nice. Vans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was just in Vegas a couple weeks ago and some friends of mine, um, including a guy named Brent Woods, who did all the music directing for the kiss cruise for the jam. Yeah. He has a Zeppelin tribute and it's called the Moby Dicks with Brian Tishy and they're phenomenal. Oh, so oh, I really? went to see this Zeppelin tribute and sister doll was opening because they had just come off the cruise and they picked up an opening slot in advance. Great young band. I love what they're doing. Great guys. Yeah. But, when I saw them, they didn't have a bass player. So oh. you want to go back to the tracks thing. Yep. There's another example. It's not just vocals. Like this is another trend that's happening. I'm seeing bands like, well, we don't have a bass player. We just put it on a computer. I'm like, what? Like is bass like not an essential live instrument? Yeah. So when I saw them sounded great, but when I saw them after the show, first thing I said to them is like, you're going to have a bass player, right? Please tell me the guy's sick. He didn't make it. Something happened. And they said that. They said, yes, we're going to have a bass player. So I get it. They picked up a gig, whatever. But sure. um, but outside of that, uh, those guys, they told me they're doing quite well in Australia. And they're trying to make some inroads here. Yeah. Good All stuff. great little bands. So, yeah, yeah, let's, get so to, many. yeah let's get to the Kiss stuff. We certainly don't want to miss out on that. So, when we decided to do this, we're like, oh, our 200th episode, and we like to always say that we are fun kiss conversation. We like rankings. We love debate. And we like to argue these things. And before we started, we realized there's 10,000 kiss podcasts, and nobody kind of does this stuff. They'll break down like, oh, then Peter bought this vase at this store, and then Gene did this in 1974. Like, Okay, who's going to talk about what's better, live one or live two? Like, I love that shit, and so does Tom. Yep. So we're like, for our 200th, let's get back to that. And who better than you to help us debate some of these big issues? So we're going to put you on the spot. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So we have some rankings and stuff we wanted to go through with you. And I'll, and I'll start with an easy one, okay? What I think would be pretty easy. But we all know the four solo albums. Right in '78, rank them. Oh, I thought. See, I thought this was I gonna thought, fly. Yeah, I thought this was gonna fly right off your tongue. No, because uh, so my issue is with one or two, which goes back and forth constantly. I'm my sure. three and four are easy. <laughs> my, my one and two is 
brutally tough because it's one and one A, one A and one. Say today, because, you know, two years ago, you could run really into one album. Today, if you had to say, who do, who do you have? Those four. Okay, so my number one is Paul. Yes, that's the that's right answer. We got. We both Paul's album, it. Paul's 78 solo album is one of my favorite records of all time across yep. the board. Yes. Um, the 1A is Ace. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's it's right there. Gene at three, <gasps> Peter at four. Now, Ooh, okay. the thing with Peter is, I'll be fully honest here. When I was a kid, 78, so I'm about 10 years older than you, 78, yep. I was 13, 14. And uh, we had a department store here in New Jersey called Two Guys. And I, my parents took me to buy the record, and I could only pick one. And for whatever reason, I picked Peters. Because, you know, I loved all four guys, but I just started with Peters. <laughs> and as a 13, 14-year-old kid coming off a love gun and a live two, my jaw was on the floor. Because I'm like, what, what is it? Like, this isn't <laughs> even rock. Like, I don't know what's happening here. So I had my parents drive me to return it. Oh, oh no way no no because way. i could only get one and i couldn't even like i didn't even know what that music was yeah like i didn't know like r&b flavored but <laughs> i like i'm where's black diamond you know you put it you put on peter christian here i can't stop the rain you're like what the fuck oh, is happening i right love now? it no now, now you now, now you love it well, when yeah. you Zeus, that's where i'm going so the 13 year old little headbanger in me like yeah, you know, know give me give me something and i I think I got Gene next and I heard Radioactive and at least there's a little chug in that. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. And then I got the other records. Now, in retrospect, as a 58-year-old guy <laughs> that's a little more well-rounded musically, I completely appreciate Peter's record and yes. like it for what it is completely. Yeah. Uh, really interesting when you think about Paul doing Soul Station now. Yes. Peter was 40 years ahead of him. Eddie, we've been saying that since Paul dropped that Soul Station record. We said the same thing. Yep. So so I respect and really, really like the record. That being said, at my core, I'm a hard rock guy, so that's the way I got to rank. Okay. All right, see, it's, see, it's funny. It's funny because it's you, usually the more interesting discussion is who has the who who has what ranked last. Yeah, because it's because it's always it's always like you. It's always Ace Ace and and, and Paul kind of fighting for that number one, and it's like okay. But who's the worst? Because some people like, well, I give credit to Peter because he was original and thoughtful and he do it was close to his heart. Gene was just a total mishmash of trying to get every celebrity under the sun. Under yeah, let record. me get Lassie on a Rin Tin Tin on this. Yeah, record, right, 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 right. But yeah. but no. All right. So the if, next, hold on. If you think about it, though, oh, real quickly. Yeah, go ahead. I always say this. If you think about it, the the whole Peter was the only guy that really used the platform at that time of doing a solo album for the right reason. Exactly. Because if I've said this to this day, if like I just had Robert from Stone Temple Pilots on my show nice. and he yes. made a record completely different yep. than STP. Yep. And, and, and it's nothing like STP. That really is in essence, what an artist from a major band should do stepping out of that band why make something that sounds just like you would have made in the band yeah. so in that way peter was really doing what was in his heart and was it was a very brave thing that he did it just didn't connect with me at 13 although now at 58 i completely appreciate it yep yeah. okay we got a bunch of things we want to get to here so i'm going to try to shuffle up our list and, and because we know your time is valuable here 
I'm good, man. Once I get okay. going, I'm into perfect. this shit. So perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect. So I'm, I'm going to go out of order. Zeus and I kind of had a temporary template here, but this is one that we always talk about, especially me and Zeus, our, our, our friends, our Kiss fans, people on the cruise, the non-makeup Kiss albums. From Lick It Up to Revenge, rank them. Lick It Up, Animalize, Asylum, Crazy Nights, Hot in the Shade, Revenge. And Hold Carnival on, of Souls. I'm sorry. Let me, let me write these down so I got them right in front of me. Lick, Lick it, it Up. Lick It Up. Animalize. Animalize. Asylum. Asylum. Crazy Nights. Crazy. Hot in the Shade. Hits. Revenge in Carnival. Uh, Carnival of Souls. All right. Um, My number one is Asylum. Woo. Okay. I, think that's, I can give you reasons, but I'll run them down first. Um, okay. uh, probably <laughs> number two would be Lick It Up. Okay. Yep. Uh, number three would be, believe it or not, Crazy Nights. Oh, that's Jer- Jericho loves that album. <laughs> he it's, loves- it's just sugary pop goodness. It's, yep. That's a great way to describe it. <laughs> Keyboard mania. The yeah. Totally. Uh, at number four, Animalize. I'm getting a little concerned here because there's an album that no, hasn't because made your he list thinks, yet. He thinks like oh, you. I, oh, I know what where you're going, but I'm I feel that's a super overrated record. <gasps> I knew you would say that. I yeah. feel about that record the way you feel about creatures. Okay, yes. fair enough. Fair enough, Eddie. Yes. But gotcha. um that being said, I will put revenge at five. Okay. I will put Hot in the Shade at six. And even though I'm putting it last, there are things on Carnival of Souls yes. I like a lot. Yep. Okay. Um, my issue with Hot in the Shade is it should have been about four songs shorter. Oh, and Zeus? it should have been uh. done in a real recording studio, not demos. Yes, that and, part I agree. Uh, that record could really live with an edit and a remix in a huge way. I remember the late great Eric Carr, who I was hanging out with when they were recording that record in LA. And I'll never forget. I picked him up from the studio and uh, he got in the car and I said, how's the record going? He's like, sucks. He he was super honest with me. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, they're not even letting me use real drums or using drum machines. It's a demo studio. They're cutting corners on money. The drums sound like shit. It's a record. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's just like they're trying to save money. And I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, look, Hide Your Heart's one of my favorite songs from that era. Sure. But um, so that's my order. And I think Asylum is over the years has aged tremendously well. Bruce's first record with them really solidified him on guitar. And it's it's the most like to me of all these records, like Animalized Kiss trying to do metal. Crazy Nights, Kiss still like trying to be Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, the pop thing. Yep. Like Asylum was Kiss to me, most being Kiss. And you had moments in there like Secretly Cruel where Love like, Paul and Gene sing together mm-hmm. and uh, All Night, as goofy as it is, anthemic Kiss. To me, it was the most Kiss-like mix of that era. Yeah, I think what Zeus and I talk about this, I think one of the biggest things about 80s kiss or 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 unmasked kiss primarily 80s kiss is and we've 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 kind of come to love this is is the gene stuff 
Because when you th- for for us when you think of when you think of unmasked unmakeup kiss, you think of Paul because obviously Paul was the front man and all the songs were Paul songs. But those deep cuts on that Gene has on Asylum, you mentioned secretly cruel it, on Crazy Night songs like yep. Hell or High Water, Good Girl Gone Bad, uh, just tremendously underrated. I mean, I, there are some songs on Animalize that you know Zeus has a fun time with murder and high heels and things like that. <laughs> it's burn, bitch, burn, B- burn, burn. <laughs> yeah. But but right, but it's a great riff. But um, I, I think I think that's like a, such an underrated aspect of that. And I think you're right. I'm glad you brought up Bruce because we love Bruce, but. Another thing, when we did our Crazy Nights review, Bruce, Bruce friggin' owns Crazy Nights. Yeah, he was I mean, the MVP, it, It's an think. incredible record. Guitar but album. T- but can you tell me, because I hear this a lot, what's re- overrated about Revenge? And I, I respect and appreciate everybody. See, I love Revenge to the point where it's like insulting, like, you know, a, a family member. I, before, I he, before, he answer, before he answers, we have this thing. He thinks... Uh, Destroyer is vastly overrated, and um, so hearing Cre- someone Cre- say, Reve- I, I, "I think Creatures is wicked overrated too." Yeah, and Destroyer. Yeah. So to me, I think both of those are top of the mountain for Kiss. Um, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts about overrated, underrated, at least. Okay, so when I look at Revenge to answer your question, again, I I got to be clear, I do not dislike the record at all. Sure. It but uh but it's a record that I just feel like has some stuff on it that just is not to, to to there's I think why I say it's overrated is there's so many fans that maybe yourself feel this way that it was this huge comeback return to form, it was the best record since Destroyer and all of that. I, I can't make that case. I mean, um there's a lot. Okay, I just wanna is basically summertime blues rewritten. But Paralyzed, I don't true. like at all. Every time I look at you, I think they were sued for because it was first cut is the deepest. Um, <laughs> Domino is ZZ Top. Uh, God gave rock and roll to you as a cover. Take it off is kind of like okay, strip or anthem, whatever. I mean, yes, that's a positive thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> The stuff I like on here is like I love Tough Love. I love um Thou Shall Not is a very awesome heavy, great gene song, great oh. groove. Unholy's killer. Um, you know, Spit literally has spinal tap lyrics. The bigger the cushion, the better the cushion. I mean, it's like so I just as much as that's all kiss and that's all fair game and kiss land, to me it's just I just feel like it gets so much more love and then and if i look at asylum or even some of these other records i can go track to track and be like these are actually better or just as good records and i feel like they get shit on a little bit yeah i think it's the clothing i I think the thing for me with revenge it's twofold i'm a gene guy and it's a gene heavy record with unholy and thou shalt not and spit and domino and you and I think to me, it's a it's a harder edged record. And I think it's Bruce's me personally. I think it's Bruce's best record, which is saying a lot because everything Bruce does is is awesome. But you're right. When you break it down in in when you strip it down and give it a blanket beating the way you just did. <laughs> <laughs> Not my I mean, intention. I don't dislike the record. No, I, I know. I know. Overrated. 
But it's the same. It's the same thing we say about creatures. And we did our creatures review. I think people get enamored with the, the album cover, the drum sound of Eric, which is completely incredible and bombastic and full. And I love it loud and war machine. But a lot of those to me, a lot of those songs are like, I think I think it's an album full of fillers. Oh. That's that's that sound great. That's a, now let me be clear. I'm going to say what Eddie said here. I don't dislike creatures. I don't dislike. I just think people gush over it for Christ's sake. Kiss obviously gushes over it because they did a fucking box set for it, <laughs> but didn't do one for Love Gun or Rock and Roll Over. So that shows. Well, you how well, here's the thing. Here's the thing on the box sets. Oh, so, good, perfect. Go ahead. So okay. So first of all, I love creatures. I I would love to have heard like nowhere to run partners in crime legend tonight down on your knees attached to creatures with that drums and production. Yep. Which, which would, I know I haven't gotten into the box set yet, but I know there's some of those demos on yep. there. So yep. I look forward, but I love creatures. I mean, creatures was obviously kiss over, like look what they're coming off of from dynasty on mass, the elder trying desperately to regain the, uh, the rock fan, the metal fan, the poster, which I had on my wall, the coolest poster ever, the loudest band, that shot, just so iconic. Mm-hmm. But but I think that when you strip all that away, the material's still there, the songs are still there, the performances are still there. So I still feel it's truly a, a, a great record. But what's interesting about them doing a box set to me on Creatures, which I think a, a lot of people forget, and again, I've got the benefit of being almost... I think you guys are all late forties. I'm late fifties. I mean, yep. I, I lived that era. Creatures was a bomb. That's exactly why sales. I was, that's why we were so surprised that they did a box set for it. Yeah. It was a bomb. Like I worked in a record store. We couldn't give it away, not because it wasn't a great record, but because they had done so much damage, it was going to take more than one heavy record to, for them to be given a shot again. Yeah. And then you had the, loved lead guitar player in flux coming off of the love drummer being replaced. There was a lot of obstacles there. So over the decades, creatures became this classic loved record, but needless to say the tour tanked and the record was an enormous bomb. And, you know, I heard a little bit of your last, uh, the podcast when you guys were breaking down creatures and you were talking about like, where's the, box set for the first record rock and roll over love gun whatever we'd all love to see that but here's the part i think people forget about that you gotta have something to put in it and like first record for kiss it'd be wonderful to have a box set like this and maybe we'll get we'll get it but beyond the wicked lester record that's a band that was coming off of driving taxi cabs was basically going in the studio overnight to get time to record I doubt there's 50 demos from that period. And if they are, they're probably not very good. (laughs) Rock and roll over is 32 minutes long. I mean, they did, they were doing a record every six months. I doubt they over recorded and had a lot sitting around. So in order to do these box sets, you got to really, really have the material to make them make sense to do, which is the part that I think a lot of people forget about. And already let's be honest, whether it's Kiss, Zeppelin, some of these other ones I've seen, when you look at what they try to fill them out with, you know, version number six that faded <laughs> three seconds earlier. Come on, who needs that? Well, it's uh, just, who it, needs it, the it, tank it, sound effects. Eddie, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big Elvis fan. 
I've been buying Elvis CDs and stuff for, I don't know, since I, in the 90s. Do you have any idea how many uh, track 12, take 14, take 15, and they're like 17 new unreleased Elvis songs? It's like, dude, they're not Elvis songs. It's like Elvis like, like gonna... going, oh, shit, I burped in the middle of the song. Let me start that over. Here you go. It'll say Sorry, something like, you know, EQ number six or EQ yeah. verse, like, Nothing that like like a a dog couldn't pick out the difference. Well, and it's, it's like, like the well, it's like the same thing that you just mentioned on the Zeppelin box sets and the Metallica box sets. Two of my all time favorite bands besides Kiss. Like oh, Enter Sandman, James's Basement take on March third. <laughs> it's like what the uh, like what do you? And then like you said, it's like two hundred unreleased demos. None of them. <laughs> no one wants to listen to any of them. <laughs> so you got to have the source material to have it make sense to do it and. uh you know, it was such an interesting time for Kiss Creatures with the flux they were in and trying to figure it out. R- real quick on this, too. You, this might blow your mind to know this. Yeah. So as most hardcore Kiss fans know, Brian Adams co-wrote two songs. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The summer of 69, Brian Adams wrote co-wrote yep. two songs on Creatures. Yep. Um, Rock and Roll Hell, War Machine. Yep. I had Brian Adams on my radio show a couple of years ago and asked him about that, how that came about. And he talked about it. He was just a songwriter. He got approached. and went and worked with Gene, whatever. Brian Adams, this is only like a year ago, Yeah, had no recollection that War Machine was a big song for Kiss. Wow. And has been in their set. And he had no knowledge of it. And to this day, has never seen Kiss play live. Wow. That you is must cr- love that, them. That, that, that is cr- Yeah, exactly. That yeah. is cr- and, and to think that he co-wrote like War Machine, one of the most, I mean, arguably one of the heaviest songs in their entire catalog. Yeah, you know, uh, does, does, doesn't he have one of the ones on Killers too? Is his name on one of the Killers ones? Uh, so. I'm not sure about that. If he, maybe if he I'm is, wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm not of, sure um, about that. But but I I will say this though, Zeus, just real quick, and I will say this, I am for someone who thinks Creatures of the Night is overrated. I, I think I I was actually happy with the box set. I mean, I I bitched about it just for fun, but like we talked about earlier, having that that book and those, you know, it, it has a smaller version of the loudest band in the world. That poster, I mean. It's an incredible thing because you're right during during that era. I mean, most of the demos that were that were uh, rock and roll overs, they, they were all in the Destroyer box set. Half half of those demos became tracks on rock and roll over. So that is a great point that I never thought of. So, so how many I, people are feeling beat that bought the vault right now? Oh, because <laughs> I said it. I said you, sooner or later, they're all going to be released. You know, as these box sets roll out, he's just going to repurpose that stuff on there. Here's my <laughs> demos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> true. But uh, to get back to you, Eddie, you're right. I was thinking of Adam Mitchell. I'm like, no, Adam Mitchell was the co-jab. Michael Jap, but Michael Jap, Paul Stanley, Brian Adams wrote Down on Your Knees. Okay, oh, so right? you're right. Down on okay, your knees. so you're yeah, right. You got that it. That was it. Yeah. You got it. Um, hey, real quick, while we're talking about these records, yeah. where do you guys land on Lick It Up? Oh, we, so that's one of, like, I think four albums we haven't reviewed yet. Yeah. Let's just say it's top, like, top, near the top for me. I think it's Vinny. If, if just God damn it, couldn't he just fucking behave for a little bit and given us two or three more albums with him? Cause he was literally like an equal third, like person assisting the band in writing great songs, his work, the riffs, the, just the solo on a million to one for me off the charts off lick the it, charts yeah we, we have we haven't done our full deep dive and review of lick it up but lick, lick it up is uh, i've i over the years i put that right with 
me personally, I put that right with Revenge. Lick It Up is a deceptively heavy record. People don't realize how heavy that record is. Very heavy. Exciter, Not For The Innocent, Young and Wasted. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. heavy stuff for Kiss on that record. And the real irony about them booting Vinny, and I saw a lot of the Lick It Up shows, and and I saw the literal fighting on stage with Paul and and Vinny about (laughs) Vinny overplaying and all that. But what was crazy about that is they boot Vinny because he was just wanting to shred and all this overplaying and whatever was going on. But then they replaced him with Mark St. John, who was even oh, a bigger shredder. Incredible. I mean, yeah. may he rest in peace, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, then I, I, I hear I've had enough and under the gun and all this stuff. And it's like, and all oh. you hear about is Gene talking about Vinny, like, you know, it was like a gnat running, you know, well, listen, you got a guy that did the same thing to replace him. Yep. Crazy. I'm never understand that. But that leads it. It's a great segue. I made a comment to me, in my opinion, Bruce Kulik is the best kiss replacement player in the band. Nobody better. Replacement player or guitarist? All around. That means drummers, guitarists, since the same lead singer, rhythm guitar and bassist is there. He has that. Those two haven't changed. But Bruce is the number one. And this is why. There's not one album where his playing wasn't stellar, where I would say maybe his competition would be Eric Carr. And for me, I would say, yeah, but Eric Carr on on hits uh, Hot in the Shade, is, eh, you know, because he's not showing it. But then again, he has something like uh, uh, Creatures of the Night. But for me, consistent. Never, ever heard one time, hey. Yeah, that, I saw that show. Bruce was brutal, that show. Or oh, Bruce did this bad. Oh, this is a terrible guitar. Nothing but positive things and consistency. Consistency. I think Bruce is the best replacement Kiss ever added to the band. I think he's definitely the best replacement guitarist. I don't know. So the thing with Eric Carr, because, and I love Bruce and I loved Eric, um, but I think. Here's where I'll I'll agree with you. Mm -hmm. I think that Bruce, I'll make this case, of all the replacement members in KISS throughout their history, Bruce adapted the best and walked the line between honoring the past and doing his own thing better than anybody. Mm -hmm. Because he, he played the ace stuff and played it somewhat faithfully, but did his own thing. And then, of course, made a whole impact himself with his original records that he had the chance to make. Yep. The thing about Eric Carr, I don't think Eric Carr ever had a bad show, and I never heard anybody talk about Eric Carr being bad live at all. But the thing I'll say about Eric it, is that Eric was a radically different drummer than Peter Chris. Oh, yeah, of course. So so you, so you the, the only way I could kind of give the nod, if I've had to find a way to Bruce, when you look at Bruce versus Eric, because that's to me is the, the conversation here. Yeah. Um, where Bruce meshed in kind of more. And I mean, remember, he's coming in like uh, people forget, like the animalized tour. People kept waiting for Mark St. John to come out. Yep. Like, where's this shredder, dude? And then they got this guy, this other guy. And it's like a weird time. Bruce. Just because of his demeanor, his personality, his adaptability, he just, he really like walked all the lines in the right way coming in as a replacement guy. Where Eric came in in a different way, it's like, 
okay, you're replacing this love guy who's more of like a swing jazz mm-hmm. influenced kind of guy. And here you come with your double kick being John Bonham and just basher in this kiss needed that at that time. I mean, that drew, I remember I was at Eric's first show at the Palladium 1980. I mean, they dropped the curtain and you saw that double kick and it was like, here we go. And you heard Detroit rock city with that double kick driving it. Kiss needed that, but it was very different. It was like counter to the style Peter Chris had. So although both super loved rightfully so members, I, I, I think, I think Bruce, Bruce fit and worked and, 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 meshed in better if that makes sense yeah, yeah and I the think- reason why i forgot the other main part i forgot is i i forgot to mention there was never tension with bruce right or wrong there was some tension with at the end with eric and paul oh I yeah, thought, yeah. I, I, so I think to it- me that's why i think for the band itself kiss bruce was the you know no tension consistency nice guy great to the fans well, no tension that we know about. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very yeah. true. I mean, we just yeah. don't know. I mean, one of the reasons why so many people know about the Eric Carr stuff is because he passed away. Yeah. The controversy at that time. And also, if anybody ever saw, there's like six hours of raw footage of the first couple shows of the Hot in the Shade tour on YouTube, yeah, which I, I think was going to be for like another Exposed. You... I mean, it's well known. Eric did not talk to Paul that entire tour. Yes. And when there's that, if anyone's seen that footage, when there's that roaming camera and they're just like, hey, guys, going, and and they don't, they won't even, like, Eric won't even acknowledge Paul. It's like, so we know about a lot of that stuff because that can't, I still can't believe that camera actually caught that stuff. But, uh, you know, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes with some of these guys, but the stuff that we know publicly, yeah, that's totally true. I yeah. think Eric, I think if you want to argue best replacement player, I think, in my opinion, I think it's as much as I love Bruce, I think Eric Carr undoubtedly had the biggest impact as a replacement player. And I kind of think that's what it sounded like you were saying, Eddie, that they needed that. He, I mean, people have always have this argument oh, did Vinnie Vincent save Kiss? I'm not saying that Eric Carr saved Kiss per se. But they would not have been able to do what they did throughout the eighties with with probably any other drummer. I mean, maybe if Eric Singer joined back in in the in nineteen eighty, who knows? But I think in terms of impact, I think it's 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 hard to argue that Eric Carr joining Kiss when he did, uh, especially with the records that they made, was just you know really hard to argue. And and let's not discount the personality. I mean, I think that he sure. is. And I don't, and Bruce is a wonderful guy and a friend and I love him to death, Yeah. but, but Bruce is not nearly the, the type of personality that Eric was is super like kind of animated, outgoing, kind of fun guy like that. Not again, not saying Bruce isn't, but he's just a different kind of guy. Yeah. I think that, you, that Bruce, I think that Eric is the most loved of you, you know, if you rank the most loved and and that's a hard thing to say, given that he was the first guy that was an original and had to break down those walls. Yeah. But Kiss was True. on such fumes at that time and such damaged goods that the fans that were still left, like myself, were looking for anything to get excited about. And here comes this guy that they literally pulled off the street who just was just loved being there and was so immediately likable. And then you watched him play. And then the uh, and then the other part that people forget about with Eric is he sang great. He was the lead singer mm. in his previous bands. Yeah. So here he is doing 
Black Diamond and Live would sing Young and Wasted and mm -hmm. all those backing vocals. I mean, he was just immediately embraced. Yep. And he had a big effing smile on his face when he was playing live. Unlike um, poor Eric Singer, who's folding laundry and uh, quite sad up there and looks bored <laughs> as fucking hell playing the drums for Kiss right now. I, again, I don't go now, so I, I don't know. I wouldn't have seen, but. Yeah, it it's it's not inspiring. It's no. not. But he's when he great, jumps he's a, in, he's a he great drummer. Bruce's band, he's got a big smile on his face. He's playing the older songs with a lot of flair in it, but he's playing the same shit. Yeah, Bruce. I saw. Well, I saw Eric Singer play with Bruce at that show in Vegas like a year ago when and he looked uh, happy and smiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. So, Tom, you got the next ranking? You got one, or do you want me to hit the next one? Go for it. Take it. All right. Quite simple. There's four alive's and there's unplug. Rank those. Ooh, <laughs> this is always questionable. We got into this on Twitter one time, and people were not happy with my rankings. Yeah. So you got a live, a live one, two, three, a live four symphony, MTV unplugged. Oh, oh, okay. You're talking about the symphony. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh, you were wondering what's a live four? Yeah, like I was like, what's a live four? Yeah. The symphony. Um, okay, so oh, I'm going to run them right, right in the order they came out. One, two, three, and four. And oh no, I'm sorry. I'm going to go one, two, three. Unplugged and symphony. Okay. Okay. So, uh, unplugged doesn't jump over three. You know, you're right. Thank you for that. You're right. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, because, and I was at the Unplugged show. Um, yes. Let's go one, two. Thank you for that. It's smart. It's a, I didn't think through that. So, yes, for sure. One, two, Unplugged, three, Symphony. I will say this. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with those rankings, but I will say this just to, I like to occasionally wave the flag for the uh, the Symphony just because, I'm a big fan of those collaborations. Like I love the Metallica S and M collabs with the San Francisco orchestra. I just think it really just adds just a totally different thing to it. Uh, that being said, it's not an album I go to often, um, but I, I do think that's kind of an underrated kind of underappreciated live album. See, and the reason why I would put it that low is um, obviously Ace wasn't part of it. He was on, he was in the yep. flux weird period where peter was ace wasn't yes yeah uh but also the i contrary to you tom i don't like when rock bands collaborate with symphonies okay most Fair times, enough. just my taste most times i don't feel it works most times i feel it's forced i didn't like when metallica did it at all okay. i didn't think it was needed for kiss outside of a song or two the only time i've heard it where i personally liked it um i love the band alter bridge oh yes they did it they did it like Eight not and people may not know this, but in Europe, Alter Bridge are an arena act. They yep. headline arenas, huge business, and they did a, a show there with an orchestra, and they recorded it. And I, the reason why I liked when they did it was because the orchestra was very subdued and only used in places that made sense. I felt I feel like some of these bands, you know, just like Unplugged, playing with the orchestra became this this trend. So many sure. bands felt they needed to do, yep. and I just felt that it was just. On a lot of it, it just doesn't work, and it's forced to my ears. But that's just my taste. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go. Oh, go ahead, Zeus. So before, I wanted to yeah, ask. Go ahead. I think it's – you said your controversy. Am I right, Tom, that you have three over over one, right? Do we want to get into that right now? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
I wanted to hear his opinion. Yeah, he likes three a I lot. Love, I, wait, I, wait, Tom, what's your ranking? Three is your number one live record? No, 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 no. A live two by far is number one. A li- because I get a lot. You like I, the material better? Yes, because I like that. I like the, that era. I prefer that those, was our intro. I prefer those we three albums better than the first three albums. So that's why I like Alive Two. I like the collection of Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, and Love Gun, and plus those the 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 Larger Than Life and Rocket Ride as a little bonus. Yeah, but uh, right. I, I I I love I like Alive. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just not enamored with it. And I think like Zeus said, I think because I came into Kiss with yeah. love gun and with alive too. So going backwards, I mean, do I love alive? Yeah, of course I love alive, but I, I, I absolutely love alive three because that era of kiss, the Bruce Kulick, Eric singer era of kiss. Is prob- it, it, it's my second favorite era besides the original, the original four. And I think that album sounds fantastic. I wish they stuck to playing songs that didn't duplicate. I know they couldn't do it because it came out on the revenge tour, but I think Eric Singer's drums are incredible. I think the band is just on fire on that album. I love it. Yeah. I can't, I came into kiss on rock and roll over. I mean, that was, that was the yep. new record at the time I discovered kiss. So I'm yep. in that zone as well. But when I just listened to the records, you know, I don't know. I maybe I'd feel differently about alive two over one. If all of alive two yes. was live and, and yeah. I love the studio tracks. Yeah. I really yeah. do. But it just doesn't, it always feels like there's that little asterisk there because yes. you've got that fourth side. And I don't know why they just didn't put like, take me, love them, leave them, and just fill that out. I mean, I understand they're not wanting to repeat, maybe repeat one song. And back then, you know, they were doing some of those songs that they just didn't include. So I would probably feel, I probably would have Alive 2 maybe a little higher. But, um, you know, it's interesting real quick on Alive 2, just just outside of the music and stuff. Yeah. I spent yesterday with Brett Michaels, who did my show, and we were talking about Kiss. And Alive 2 came up. And Brett was talking about the photo in Alive 2, the photo, right? Yep. yep. So my mind immediately went to, as anybody's would, the gatefold. Yeah. One of the greatest photos ever. Yep. But he wasn't talking about that photo. He was taught. Sorry, I just hit my camera. He was talking about the the sleeve inner sleeves, the photos of the fans with their hands in the air and the confetti falling. Yep. And he was talking about the impact that that photo had on him wanting to be an entertainer and rock star himself. Because although he was blown away by the gatefold photo, he when he saw the that moment and that fo- those photos of those people's faces so loving and having fun and enjoying a rock show that that was really a big moment for him. And I thought that was incredibly interesting because when you talk about a live too, so much goes towards the gatefold, understandably when you talk about the packaging, but those are real, those really capture a show in 77, the, those, the, the, the inner sleeve photos. Oh, I agree. Yeah, totally. And I love, I love alive. I just think the band sound, I mean, and again, we're not going to get into whether it's actually live. Cause we know that they're not, you know, um, but I just think, I don't know. I just think the band just sounds, I think Gene is full fucking demon on that album with, with God of thunder and ladies room. I just think he sounds just incredible on alive too. I just love it. I love it. I asked Eddie Kramer who did all three of the first three records, how much yeah. live they are. And he said, as each one came out, 
they got gradually a little bit more live, but not yep. that much. Not that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eddie, Eddie's. Oh, we, we, that's our next goal to grab to grab Eddie and have him kind of spill the beans on the alive albums. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's pretty much said it all at this point, but it yeah. is it is interesting to hear those stories of like pulling tapes to get more applause in and yep. you know whatever yep. else they had to do. You know. Yep. All right, let's get to the big one here. All the makeup albums from the debut to creatures. Yeah, we're not going to do the last three. No, those don't. don't those no, we're not. <laughs> we're, we're sticking. We're sticking with. Yeah. So you got the debut, hotter than hell, dressed to kill, destroyer, rock and roll over, love gun, dynasty, unmasked, elder, creatures of the night. I'm just writing them down because it's easier for me to do that. Oh yeah, sure. you got to visualize. It, I know. This is the one that ever that always gets the, uh, the the biggest debate. And some of our listeners out there, whenever we rank albums and we have discussions, the amount of people that throw out what their number one is or what their worst is, or this album is so overrated. This, this seems to to garner really passionate uh, kiss nerd discussions here for sure. You're throwing out killers with the studio songs, right? Yeah, killers exactly. doesn't count. No, we're just yeah, sticking with we're regular, doing that stuff, regular yeah. studio releases. Yep. So did right. you ever fall out with Kiss? Like Tom and I, we started off as little kids, got into Kiss, got into it crazy up until the 1980s. Then I lost it. And then by middle, by the time I'm in middle school, I circled back. I visited a cousin to Detroit. He was playing Animalized Live. So I circled back. Now I'm buying Animalized Asylum. And I go back to Love Gun. When I went back, I only remembered those middle three. And I kept hearing Alive, Alive. I buy Alive. I'm like, I don't know one fucking song here. I didn't know any of them. Because it was before, (laughs) like, you know, Superstar Kiss, Super Kiss, and all that. I remember Dynasty and stuff, but I didn't remember the first three albums. So with that, if you go the first three up to Dress to Kill, then you had the next three up to Love Gun. Then I always thought there were three albums because when I got back into music as a middle school, the elder wasn't even in the catalog. You couldn't even find it. And there was no Wikipedia. So I went, oh, there's an album called Unmasked. Never really knew that. Creatures of the Night. Oh, okay. And Dynasty, I knew. So, but I'm like, what the fuck is the elder? So after you rank these, I want you to kind of put those in three categories. The first three, middle three, last four. Which are your favorite blocks of albums? So you want an overall ranking yes. and then a group rank. Yes. yes. We love ranking stuff on this show. <laughs> uh, clearly. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, putting rock and roll over at one. Okay. Um. I'm going with the first album at two. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going with Destroyer at three. See, Zeus, he's upsetting me with his rankings. I'm going Dress to Kill four. I love Dress to Kill. I can tell right now, Harder Than Hell is way too low, but that's okay. Well, I'm only because of the muddy sludge. The sound. Yeah, yeah, I know. I the know. Sound. But I am. I'd love to hear that remixed. I'm going with that at five. Putting Love Gun at six. 
Yeah, Tom. <laughs> no, yeah, that's way too goddamn low. <laughs> that's oh, my wait. point. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Um, you forgot creatures. Yeah. God damn. Um, it's okay, Eddie. You can say that love guns better than creatures. No. <laughs> oh, it's not. Oh, yes. God damn it. <laughs> I don't uh, usually get people to agree with me about these uh, things. Oh, this hurts. So I me. love it because everyone's a bunch. There's a lot of this new love gun fa love that's going around lately. It's not it, new. It's, it's not new. Lot. Yeah, because Destroyer used to be, but now it's got this. Oh, it's too popular. So let's go with Love Guns, the best kiss album. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, I I love I stole your love, and uh, but I'm I'm I got. And I probably have this way too low now that I'm looking at it, but I got Creatures at six, Love Gun at seven. I'll do Dynasty at eight. I do love stuff on Dynasty. I mean, I love Magic Touch. Um, and I do love stuff for the power pop record that it is on Unmasked, but I will put that at nine. And I hate to put the Elder last because, again, there are things on the elder that I like. And I, yep. I listen to the elder for like every once in a while, just for the oddity of it. And to hear a song like Odyssey or something is just like, so crazy to yep. think that's kiss. So I, you know, I can honestly say, I know all 10 of these records inside out yep. and I do genuinely like all of them and things about all of them. But for the purposes of this uh, rock and roll over to me is, just oh just raw live not one bad song mr speed making love i want you amazing love them leave them so rock and roll over kid a debut just stacked with great songs that they Mm -hmm. still play so much from live yep destroyer dress to kill hotter than hell great songs weird sound uh creatures Love Gun Dynasty Unmasked Elder. Perfect. And then if you had to group the groups, would you the first three albums? Are they better than the second three albums, the middle, or the last four? Which group? If you could take if somebody told you three albums, second three. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you're saying. Okay, guys are insane with this. This is what we do. We like to make we (laughs) and we we want to make you squirm. We know you're a fan. You are. You see me? I'm actually moving. You're you're literally literally squirming. Oh, so hard. Um, This is this is actually harder than probably anything because you're you're being you're being asked to 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 pick groups of records. Yeah, I mean, clearly the argument is with those first six. Um, Yeah. The, the the weird clusters I'll say right up front last but uh damn um <laughs> oh man th- this is the hardest thing you've asked me today really <laughs> yeah because I'm going through the songs in my head and those six it's like damn you know if you think about it not not to deflect from the question but if you think about it that's a really impressive run of the fir- of first six records for any band as far as the strength of all that material. Oh, no oh. doubt. No doubt. And when you consider they came out like every six months, it's crazy. Yep. <sighs> I say Destroyer's first three songs is the best triplet of any album that I have. I own. Dr- uh, just Detroit Rock City, King of the Nighttime World, God of Thunder. 
That's my favorite three songs in a row. I can't find a better cluster. It's hard to, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue. Yeah. Well, there's different things at work here. There's the production and just the raw material too, because yeah. the records got sounding a little bit better when obviously Eddie Kramer came in and Ezra oh, came in. Totally. Which is that middle. Yeah. Period. I think the producers are a little bit better on the, on the <laughs> last, on the, the middle ones. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, look, just to, I'm going to go with the order they came out. I'm going to say the the first three in the grouping. Okay. Just because it, that material still, I mean, I I think, I think dress to kill is a super underrated in a way kiss record. I mean, there's so much great rock and roll on there Yep. from anything from my baby and room service. And it's just great stuff. Yep. Hotter than hell. Again, great songs, just shitty sounding. First record, they say you got your whole life to write your first kit, your first record. I mean, by a hair, I'll just go with the first three. Yeah, it's funny. Real quick, talking about the debut album, it, it, it pisses me off as a Kiss fan when people you see these articles online or these polls, greatest debut album of all time. Oh, Van Halen, Appetite for Destruction. Obviously, those are top of the you know Led Zeppelin one. Nobody ever talks about the Kiss debut album, and you like you said it. They're still playing like. 75% of that album today on tour. And no and 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 nobody talks about that as a debut album. And how They're, many bands cover those songs? Exactly. Well, I just think that goes hand in hand with the fact that the the, the general world just doesn't respect Kiss. I mean, that's exactly. gone on since totally. that first record. Yeah. Totally. So yes. the, the the whole world in terms of media and what have yeah. you just they don't give they would never give Kiss a, a converse a part of that conversation. Yeah. But I I think that uh and the other thing I'll say too is like when 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 and I was just critical myself of the production, but I actually love the sound of the first record in Dress to Kill. Me too. I, I love them. It's I think Dress to Kill is great. I'm not you sure about say, the first. So you can say it's a little thin sounding, and I get that, but I, I'm not bothered by it. I think it's just very, very street, very kind of like of the time and, mm-hmm. and what have you. Yep. And hotter than hell. I mean, it's uh, it's just muddy sounding. It's but, such yeah. a good record, but it just it's sounds a great like great record. Yeah. And over time, I've gotten used to the muddiness. But I, I would love to. Let me ask you guys this. Let me throw one at you. Uh oh. <laughs> if you could remix now three Kiss records of their entire catalog, which three? Of their uh, entire catalog, I know the first two right off the top. Yeah. I'll Go say ahead. "Hot in the Shade." Uh, dr- um, hotter than hell. Those two sound like shit. And I agree. Uh, and then maybe I don't know why. I don't know what. Who the fuck came up with the idea to destroy the songs on Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits? Oh, that's terrible. That, what they yeah, did no, to no, "I Love It Loud" already, is just. Like, no, I'm it's not talking, just, talking about a full record given a fresh. No, I piece. get it, but I'm just saying how I just want to throw out how bad that sounds. Okay, when so they, I, who did it? So I'll agree with I'll agree with you on harder than hell and hot in the shade. For me, this this might upset some people, and the only reason I'm saying this is because I know what it sounds like because I have the bootleg of the the raw version of the album, and that is Crazy Nights. I have the bootleg of it's called Condemnation, which is one of the titles they threw around for the album itself, and it's pretty much the entire album. Um, it has a couple unreleased tracks on it, and it just sounds 
and I love the way Crazy Night sounds now with the keyboards. I love it. I'm not. I, I like Turn on the Night, and I, I like My Way. I know Zeus hates it, but the the version that I have, it it just sounds way more ballsier. Um, it, it it's 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 very like demo sounding, but the songs still sound kind of kick ass and raw. So that would probably be the only one I could think of because I think for the most part, I think the, like you said, Eddie, the production is different on a lot of them. But I think it suits the album for the time. I I love Dress to Kill. And one of the things I love about it is not just the songs, but I love that kind of punchy, poppy sound. Like, I love a song like Room Service. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I would say I would agree with, with you, Tom. I would The three I would pick would be Hotter Than Hell, Hot in the Shade, and uh, I would love to hear... I would love to hear an alternate mix of uh, Crazy Nights with yeah, a pun- little punchier, more get- more rhythm guitar versus yep. keyboards. And what's interesting is that's the one record Ron Nevison did. Mm-hmm. And Ron Nevison, it's so interesting to me because Nevison is a legend. He only did one Kiss record, but he's worked on everything from Zeppelin mm-hmm. to Bad Company to Bringing Back Heart. But in the 80s, Nevison was known as the guy that got 70s bands on the radio and resuscitated them. Ozzy, Ultimate Sin. But now, flash forward 30, 40 years, a lot of those artists that Nevison made because of the sound that he generated on those records, they want to remix it. Ozzy has said he wants to remix Ultimate Sin Mm -hmm. because... They're it of the time of the time exactly. to get on radio. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Zeus, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't throw out unmasked. unmasked. That's what yes. I, okay. I didn't see it on my list, but as soon as we, you guys went through, I'm like unmasked that I said the same thing. It's like I had a boom box and someone put the treble way up and well, see, that's why I love unmasked. I um, love the sound I can't of that record. Stand it. I, I do can't. love unmasked. I, I love power pop and I'm a, a huge fan of, uh, my real first ever favorite band was a group called the Raspberries. Yeah, yes, Paul was yep. a very little kid. Yep. And and they're they're power pop. And to me, Unmasked, there's a lot of people that say Paul's solo album, because Paul's a Raspberries fan, was very Raspberries-esque. Mm-hmm. But Unmasked is even poppier. But I I I I like I mean, I like Unmasked a lot. I, me too. I love tomorrow. I love what makes the world go round. Yep. I love You're All That I Want. I think that's a great that song. That is one. I, I sing the praises to that song. If I had Gene on, uh, by the way, Gene do, does the beginning intro for us. He wished us a nice 200 episode. You'll hear that. Yep. Yeah, you'll hear that later. But Oh, nice. I, I would love to ask Gene. That's one of my questions. You've never written a love song, but you wrote this kind of 1980. Who was that about? Or did you just write that? Yeah. There's nothing else like that that he's ever written that at least went on a kiss album. Well, burn bitch burn. That's a love <laughs> yeah. song, isn't it? Kind of like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eddie. Did it sound Eddie, like see you tonight, like on a solo Okay, record? That's true. Yeah, but this is I I'm pleading, like you're yeah. all that I want. I love you. Not hey, I'll see you tonight because I'll bang you. Uh, right. you know, I don't know if that's what he says in the song, but <laughs> you know, get you get my point. I just felt that and I love that song. I have to say this to you too, as well. I love the demo of that on the box the set yeah. on the box set and Mr. Speed's demo with, I think it's Bob that it's plays Bob. on the Mr. Speed is better than the original. In my opinion, yeah, that extra good. guitar fills that he does the guitar rocks on that demo. I love it. I play that way more than the, the original. I mean, yeah. and I, I love, I, 
uh, I saw them do You're All That I Want live on that oh. tour. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, they played they that. Played doing at, uh, the yeah. Palladium, the one U.S. show, that was one of the songs from Unmasked they did. And I thought that was, uh, I thought I always thought that that was a great song. Hey, when you, we did this whole overall ranking thing, you guys didn't put Psycho Circus in. No, yeah, we, no didn't include, we didn't We didn't include Psycho yeah. Circus, Monster, <laughs> or Sonic not, Boom. But that's not... I mean, well, actually, I'm all right. Actually, well, you know what? You, you you brought it up. Rank Psycho Circus, Sonic Boom, and Monster. I I can't on Sonic Boom <laughs> and Monster. I don't know the records. <laughs> Seriously, I don't. I was okay. checked out. I mean, okay. I, yeah. You, you, well, well, Zeus, you were asking me earlier if I ever checked out. I never checked out through the 80s and 90s. Never. You're like, a rare I was bird. On yeah. Every record, every song, every show, everything. I checked out when the. Yes. The whole Tommy Eric again yep. for the nine billionth time. Yeah. Nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with them as people, players, great people, great players. That was the line. I'm out. I can't look at this. So I don't beyond the singles from those records. What was it? Modern day Delilah. Yep. Hella hallelujah. Hella hallelujah. Both of those songs rock. Both of those yes. songs kick ass, but they're not indicative of either album, in my opinion. Modern day Delilah, I did love. I remember hearing that being like, that's very cool. That was killer. So Which are you a fan? Are, yeah, you, are, are you a fan of Psycho Circus, even though we even though we yes. know that Ace, even though we know that Ace and Peter barely played on any of it at all? Yes. Okay. That's why I brought it up because I actually now, now where we talk about when we talk about um revenge, in my opinion, being uh a bit overrated, I feel a lot of people love to shit on Psycho Circus. And I think it's been underrated. I think there's great stuff on Psycho Circus. I love the title track. I love um, Journey of a Thousand Years. Speaking, I of like that too. Gene closing songs. I think that's yeah. a cool song. Yes. Um, there. The only thing that I think is a little weird. I never liked "You Wanted the Best." I thought that was goofy, even by yeah. Kiss standards. We are one. And, and within sounded like it should have been on Carnival of Souls. Yes, yes. exactly. It's a heavy what? song. See, see, I like the cheesy songs on that album. I love I Pledge Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll. Raise great. Your Glasses. I Raise think Your Glasses are... is great. I love great. it. But Dreaming, I think a... Dreaming is an incredible vocal from Paul. Until, I he, got, uh, in, in, until, he, got, until he got sued. <laughs> right, from 18, right? I was right, doing... right. So, Eddie, have you read uh, real quick? We're going to shift gears here. We'll, we'll, we got a couple more, and then we're going to get you out of here because we, we thank you so much for the time that you've given us so so far here. Have you read the four biographies by the original four members? Yes, when they came out. Okay. Do you recall them enough to be able to rank them or tell us which one was your favorite? Um, Which one was Gene's? Jeans was uh, the first Kiss, no. one that came out. Yeah, his was. Uh, oh God, I can't even remember it. You got Ace was no regrets. I know that. Uh, Peter was makeup to that. break up. Paul was face the music, and I think Gene was uh, kiss and make up or something like that. Was Jeans like a? I'm trying to remember Jeans. I don't know why it's Jean, escaping me. Was it like a full on autobiography? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gene, yeah. Gene, kiss and make up. He had two books. He then wrote, like, I think it was Sex, Money, and Kiss, and it was like a business book. But he wrote, he he, he did write an autobiography. He wrote the that, first one. The first, he, his first, yeah, right. His came out first, I think. Yep. And then I, I banged to... these four girls. Yeah. And then I did this. Aces and then is, I invented a, 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 paper. Aces is hilarious because it's just all over the place. It literally sounds like he wrote it with like a pen and paper. <laughs> like it's well, just. 
<laughs> or or did he write it? <laughs> did he write it with a? No, no, I'm not saying that. But he, he, he yeah, I don't remember exactly. But he did call me when he was doing the book, and he's like, "I need some fucking stories," <laughs> you know. And uh, I gave him a couple stories, but you know, it'd be hard for me to rank these books because I, it's been a while since I've read them. But I certainly read them all. There's no way okay. I didn't. Okay. But but I do have some recollect like with Ace, I don't remember if he put it in the book. I think he did. But one of the stories I gave him was about the fish sandwich. Yeah, the oh, filet of fish. Yeah, Wait, is that in the book? Yes. Because I gave him that. He didn't remember that because he was out of his tree. <laughs> but that is a God's honest story. Like I and I don't know if he I don't remember if he referenced me in the book, but I was there with him. <laughs> when that happened and I told him about it because he was passed out in the back of a limo and we were at, we had done a radio tour and we were at the last station, which happened to be a station I also worked at. And I'm like shaking. him, trying to revive him. I'm like, buddy, you got to give me one more, man. I got to get through. He's like, I'll fucking fry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you got, I go, what can we do? What can we do? Like I'm, I'm ready to go like Pulp Fiction, like stick a needle in them, like whatever you got to do. <laughs> and I just remember I'm gurgling, fish sandwich. <laughs> like, what? To a McDonald's fucking filet of fish. <laughs> and there was one right down the street. And I told the driver, I'm like, get to the McDonald's. Oh, poor We go the drive-thru. I just handed through like I had like 20 bucks. I'm like, there's many fish sandwiches you can. And ate the tartar sauce is right. <laughs> and sure enough, he fucking snapped back and he got it. And that mic went on. He was like a pro. Yeah, let me tell you about Rock Soldiers. It was like great. I was oh, like, oh, Jesus Christ, Ace. Oh. All right. Last I mean, one I want to ask you about, Eddie, before we let you go. Can you give us your five favorite kiss songs? Impossible. Can you tell us what you I said five favorite Kiss songs. So something must come to your head. And you don't have to put, oh, number one is this, number well, two. The but, came into my head immediately. Yeah. Really? What, else would, what else would come to your head to say, like, that is one of my favorite songs? And it, you're not going to be held to this. It's just what are your favorite, some of your favorite Kiss songs? Just immediately in my head, uh, got to choose King of the Nighttime World. Yes. Yep. Strutter. Yep. Um. Just for variation to move forward a little bit. I mean, something like a million to one. Yes. I friggin' yes. love. Awesome. And uh, something like Magic Touch. Okay. For that period. I, I'm a Paul guy all the way. I mean, how's, yeah. how's that for irony? <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. I know. I mean, Is that... But I've never, look, even, even artists in the past that, for whatever reason, have issues with me. That'll never cloud my feeling about them as musicians and their songs and what they meant to me and my support of them. And Paul was always my favorite member and his songs were always my favorite. He was for a long time, my favorite singer. So I've always been partial to his songs. So it's not, it's not coincidence that I just hit you with five that were his off the top of my head, but yeah. obviously there's just so many. I mean, when you're dealing with it's, a catalog like this, it's, just it's so tough. Many. It's tough. Yeah. You're a lifelong kiss fan. And you know what? You have awesome opinions because they're honest. Yep. Right or wrong, you give it to us. And that's why we wanted you here for our 200th episode, buddy. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having me. It means a lot to me. And I'm sincere when I say this. I mean, 
Well, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I do listen to yours because of Thank what you. you just said about me. Um, we're all KISS fans. And I one of the things that really bothers me about a certain segment of the KISS fan base is that you can't have conversations like we have or yes. like you have every week because it's like, you know, you have to be all in on everything at that moment. And I've never believed in that in anything. And I also believe you can still be a fan and not like certain things that a band does. So I respect the hell out of the fact that you guys, uh, you know, you guys are also transparent about how you feel about things. And what bonds us all is our, our love of this band, even if it's not a love for every single thing they ever did. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. Eddie, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate the time you've given us our 200th episode. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you again for supporting our show, for listening and for mentioning it on your own show. We truly appreciate that. Thank you. And where can yeah. people catch you, buddy? Yeah. Tell everybody. I mean, everybody knows Eddie Trunk, but just remind people where they can catch you. Yeah. So maybe that they may not realize I've, I've actually about six months ago moved my channel number on Sirius yes. XM, but for people that have, that are in the U S or Canada, I have Sirius XM radio I'm on every day, Monday through Friday, three to five Eastern live. And it's a, it's a show called trunk nation. It's all rock talk and interviews. Uh, it's been on for over almost seven years and I model it as I call it sports talk for rock fans. It's like yep. you yep. would call a sports talk station. You call me after a show just like we're having now, it's honest debate, dialogue, interviews, discussions, rankings. We do all this stuff. So that's Monday through Friday. There's an extra show on Mondays only, 5 to 8 Eastern on Hair Nation, which is live music and talk. That's Channel 39. And then there's an FM show that's syndicated. And I do have a podcast, and it's out there every Thursday. And honestly, all it is is I cherry pick one of my interviews from my radio show, and repurpose it as a podcast a few weeks after I do it. It's just a way for people who can't get Sirius XM or out of the U.S. or Canada to get a feel for what I'm doing and gives the interviews more life. So um, lucky to be doing eight, like eight shows a week, uh, wow. mostly on satellite radio. And I still do a lot of work with TV. I do a lot of stuff with Reels Channel. I'm yep. working on a couple yes. of documentaries with them now. So a variety of different things out there all the time, hosting things. So just follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and I have a page on Facebook. It's just at Eddie Trunk. And when is that metal show coming back? <laughs> Come on, tell us. You there's know, so much there's so much out there. There's so many outlets and streaming services. Come on. We want it I, back. <laughs> I get I want it back more than anything. I'm still great friends with Don and Jim. Uh, it, I we had a blast doing it. We do it, we'd all do it again tomorrow. You know, it's just easier said than done. It's a yeah. bit complicated. The old episodes are owned by Viacom, which is Paramount. The going forward, my for, my the producer of the show owns the name. Yep. So it's a little bit of a balancing act, but we're all on great terms. And, you know, I'm not making any promises because I honestly do not know. But I do have a, a meeting in January with the people at... Uh, paramount plus which is viacom and owns the old episodes and we'll see what happens with that i nice. i can also say not a lot of people saw this but i did two seasons of a tv show after that metal show for access tv called trunk fest where yep. i went around yeah, to I music festivals that. all That's over right. the country yep and those are on their app free to everybody right now or on their website cool. but i just did a shoot for access in la last week and they're re-editing those shows and maybe next year 
they're going to put them back on the air a bit, which is great because I put a lot of work into that. And although it wasn't all rock, it was just not a lot of people saw it because the channel was sold shortly after I finished doing that show. So yep. it kind of got buried a little, but I think that's going to get pushed out there again too, which I'm excited about. Awesome. Eddie, thank you again so much. This has been a blast. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. Guys, thank you. Keep kicking ass and uh, appreciate the time. And I'm grateful you asked me to be part of such an uh, important 200th episode. And here's to the next 200 and making yeah. more lists. That's <laughs> thank right. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Eddie. Thank, thank you, Eddie. Guys. All right. And there it is. Talking about everything from the current news with Metallica and Blackie and JoLynn Turner and tracks. We know that Eddie is extremely, extremely passionate about tracks. And then we moved right into Kiss and it was all Kiss. Makeup Kiss, Nod Makeup Kiss, live albums, biographies, talking about Eric Carr and Bruce Kulick and albums and just everything. And the thing that we love about those conversations is we're talking about the music, the band. Mm-hmm. And it was discussions and it was like, how do you, why do you think revenge is overrated? I can't believe you got love gun rank seventh. Well, I think this is better in the sound of that. And and that's ultimately what we love about kiss. I mean, do we talk about other things and bitch about other things and make fun of other things? Of course, but ultimately it's the music that connects everybody, including you guys and me and Zeus and Eddie. And that's what we wanted to spend time doing. You know, you can tell he's a kiss fan, not just some, celebrity right you want to know how you can tell because he's asking us well wait a minute tom where do you you have kiss alive three he thought you had three as number one right he's asking us because it's a kiss discussion and that's what kiss fanatics want to do yep talk about the band where do you rank this where do you have this and he's not just like you want my opinion let me pontificate on kiss and sit in my high chair exactly He's going back and forth, asking, listening, you know, responding. At one point, he's like, uh, you're right. I'm squirming in my chair. He's like, this is the hardest question you've asked me. And I think it was the question that we're like, okay, which block is the best block in KISS? The first three, the middle three, and then uh, the last four technical albums in makeup up to Creatures of the Night. And he's like, yeah. well, the last one is you know, number three, but the other two, he's like, that's the hardest question you've asked. Yeah, exactly. Those first three albums or those second three albums, like your desert Island, you can only grab one, but those are the fun discussions, you know, ranking things, talking about what's better. And why is this better? That's overrated. That's underrated. This sounds better. This is these songs are this Bruce Kulick is the best. This Eric Carr's the best that Vinny just, that's what we love. And when you, when you're sharing that with another passionate fan, like Eddie, it just makes it that much more fun and exciting for us. And we hope that you guys enjoyed that as much as we did, because it was friggin' killer. And we talked to Eddie a little bit before we started recording and a little bit after we, we finished recording and it, it could have gone on. And, uh, but it, it was great. Yeah. And that's the thing, the, I think the magic of our little community here of loudcasters is I think we've got our own little niche in the podcast world and even in yeah. the kiss world where we can steal, like, it's not just all jokes. Can't do no joke show. Hey, motherfucker, suck my dick. Fuck exactly. you. Good night. It's, Thank you. It, right. it can't be all jokes and fucking stupid shit. There has to be some content. Yeah, there. there's meat on that bone. And we're talking about that, but we, we got to laugh. This is Kiss. This isn't 
this Boston Symphony Pops, right? This is Kiss. And you could tell how much Eddie has a sense of humor about Ace, too. He was friggin' telling us Ace stories again. I mean, he, oh, lo- he, he, lo- good he loves that. You know, he has a, he has a blast with that, you know? He seriously loves the Ace impressions. Of course. <laughs> of hey, course. Hey, Eddie, thanks a lot for your support. But, you know, tell those guys to go fly a kite because I, I don't want to hear my voice anymore. Make it made fun of. And I still can't believe you told that filet of fish story. Ed. It's ridiculous. I don't even remember that. <laughs> God bless him. God bless everybody in Kiss. And we keep saying this too. You know, it was 200 episodes in. The the thing that I love is that our band is still here. They're still performing for as much as we're bitching about them through all those times. They're still here. There's nothing more that I enjoy than I'm all of a sudden driving in my car and fucking Black Diamond comes on, or uh, watching an old video and seeing them uh, touring and playing uh, "Lick It Up" right from that era. To me. No band does that for me more than Kiss. And I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy discussing it with my friend over here. And I enjoy making up stupid scenarios, stupid stories, stupid jokes. Some land, some don't. But we have fucking fun doing this. 200 episodes in, Tom. We had the great Eddie Trunk and we fucking had a blast. Yeah. And one other thing is the the unbelievable luck of us deciding to do a podcast and right after that kiss announces the end of the road tour end of eternity, because it's still continuing, but, but, but think of that. So not only did we start a kiss podcast and we're still doing it, but we started it right when our band was starting a tour. Like, so there was, there's been 200 episodes worth of shit to talk about the cruises, the shows we've all been to, the anniversary releases, the biographies, the, the biographies, the documentary. It, they, they've constantly been around. So it's not like we're digging for material. It's there. No, because material like this just came in when we get it, we get a DM on our Facebook Messenger. Oh, no. I'm waiting from Walmart. I haven't gotten it yet. Like as much as we're like brazen kiss, it's shit like that. Or somebody that'll tell us, where's my Dubai shit? Again, it's just unbelievable. So much material there. I don't think we're even close to hitting it. Like the tip of the iceberg. Like, God, no, we've got so much more to do. Yeah. Um, Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed that. Uh, We enjoyed it. So uh, no matter what, uh, that was. I don't know. Top episode for me, that conversation. That was great. And we give a huge shout out to Eddie for joining us and spending all the time that we, uh, that we had with him. It was, it was amazing. Tom, what we like to do is answer a question once a week. What is our question of the week? We got one here from Adam Tyler Landry. And this is a question that we've kind of talked about a little bit here and there. But again, we were always bringing in new listeners. So sometimes we like to kind of go back to some topics. Hey, guys, love the show. Long time listener. Second time questioner. Well, I don't hey. remember if we I don't know if we remember reading your first one. Apologies there, Adam. But he starts. It's a two part question. I'm going to stick with the first part. Hey. If, if Gene and Paul retire. And hire four new guys to take over. 
So Gene and Paul retire. Eric and Tommy go their separate ways. Simple question. Would you go see a show? Uh, it depends on what's, what, what, what's going on. There, there's a lot to, I mean, I, I would see a kiss cover band. Am I paying kiss cover band prices or am I paying $90 to go see, you know, a fat ace up on stage? You know, hey, what are you talking about? I'm not that heavy. Uh, ace. We're talking about like a cover band, not you. Well, okay. I'm in great tip top shape. Yeah, honestly, I would say no. Um, look, Zeus and I, we have seen a Kiss cover band before. They're fun. They do a great job. It's entertaining. Um, you would have, we've talked about this many times before. If you're going to tell me that somebody like Todd Kearns is in the band. Yes. Uh, something like that. Okay. Now, now you, now we might have something, but if you're saying it's going to be like, you know, American Idol Kiss version, and it's just four guys wearing me- uh, no, because here's the thing that separates the band. Okay. Yes, people love the bombs, the makeup, the blood spitting, the drum riser, all that stuff. But I enjoy Paul and I enjoy Gene. I enjoy Gene's voice, Paul's voice, Paul's stage banter. I enjoy them. Okay. So somebody dressed up as the demon. It's not going to matter to me. I don't want to see. I want to see Gene. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. You don't want somebody that doesn't have what we would say, like about Todd. He has the spirit of Paul in him. He's not copying him. So I don't want the fucking, I don't know, the Wiggles dressed up in kiss makeup up there doing jazz hands and saying, oh, yeah, this is kissed. Right. And I'm glad you brought up Todd again, because you're right. Do I love Paul? Yes, but I love Todd as well. We've seen him many times, okay? And he can carry that that spirit of Paul without and That's what you need. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. if you but that that's difficult to do. That's really difficult to do, borderline impossible. So, to answer your question, Adam Tyler Landry and you are episode 200 question of the week, so that's kind of cool. Uh great question. Thank you for listening. Thank you for asking the question. I would really be interested to see what a lot of other people think. Would you go to some Vegas residency and see the kiss experience because look blue man group. It's the same show every night. It's, it's just guys. You don't know. They're all different guys. Okay. Right. Yeah, but they, they, they don't sing, but it, they're, they're doing a show. And a lot of people think kiss is a show. So we'll see. But anyways, great question, Adam. Thanks buddy. Tom, where can people find us? Please go to our website for everything, and we're happy to see that people are continuing to do that with questions and comments. Shoutoutloudcast.com. Shoutoutloudcast.com. Go there. All of our episodes are there, okay? You got our Shoutoutloudcast episodes, our album review crew with our latest Rage Against the Machine episodes, our Dorm Damage episodes, which is the latest one us talking about Metallica, and Zeppelin Chronicles, which, yes, it's still out there. Stay tuned. Uh, on our main page, you have links to our Patreon, links to our Amazon shop, links to our merch, links to our friends and other podcasters, people that have been on our show, shows that we've been on. And you can check out all of our rankings and all that great stuff that we love to do. So that, And you can message us directly from there. So please do that. And of course, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. We're out there. Uh, so please check us out. And of course, our email is mentioned earlier. Shout out loudcast at gmail.com. And again, our wonderful Patreons. We love you guys. P- 
patreon.com or download the app and search for us. And we're also proud to say that we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Tons of great shows on there. We're happy to be part of that family as well. Yeah, Tom, we always tell people they can DM us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. YouTube. We always appreciate it. Uh, YouTube, you go there, just hit the subscribe button. We're trying to get to a magic number. I think we're at 800, so magic number now is 900. We'll get to that number soon enough with your help. Go to YouTube and see uh, Shout Out Loudcast and subscribe. We appreciate that. Then, if you can give us one of those five star, star. child reviews, that'd be greatly appreciated. We got a bunch, and they've kind of backed up here. So let me go to the last one we received, the earliest of them. And this is from Dave Dynasty. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, fellas. God bless. Uh, <laughs> he writes, five stars. Great show. Love your passion and honesty about KISS. Always look forward to new episode, and you always make me laugh. Well, Dave. Love that. Love that. Much appreciated. Very kind of you to say. And uh, these five-star reviews help us tremendously. They move us up and get us in front of more eyes and move us up the food chain and uh, hopefully keep growing the show. That's the number one way you can help us. Second, I would say you got your Amazon store. You got number three. You got give us a five-star child review. Those are the ways you can help this show consistently grow. And you guys have been doing it. That's why we're at episode 200. So I'll leave you with uh, our our website again, shoutitoutloudcast.com, shoutitoutloudcast.com, where you can find everything. Uh, please go there and you can find all our episodes, our uh, merch, our Amazon store, uh, friends of the show, people's podcast, guests that have been appeared on our show. You name it, statistics, we got it all there. So please go there. And then you can email us at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Greatly appreciate those. We always read all the emails. We try to read them on the air, but some, you know, I don't think we can. But regardless, please send them along. Tom, what we always do is we always end with famous last words. Do you have any? I do. 200th episode. I'm going with my favorite song from my favorite Kiss album. Oh. I remember the day that we met. I needed someone. You needed someone, too. Spend time taking all you could get. Giving yourself was one thing you never could do. Tom, this is a favorite of mine. Uh-oh. And I'm going to recite these lyrics because I know you get annoyed by this. And I know you don't like it. Oh, boy. Stand by my side, Tom. Oh, no. I'll be next to you. What you need me? Stand by my side. And we'll make it through. Oh, yeah. 
See, now you're making it all emotional. And now, you know, now you, you can't, you can't you, see, see now. You, maybe you'll start to come around and like that song. No, the song's terrible. <laughs> it's a horrendous song, but, I but I, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but no, it's <laughs> I terrible. It. I don't know why <laughs> I have yet to meet anybody else that says, you know what? Paul and Gene trading off inspirational lyrics, talking about love for another, backing up their buddy. You know, they're trading vocals off back and forth. The chorus is great. Tommy rips at the end, the outro guitar. Yeah, I love that song. What I usually get is, dude, not only is that song not good, it's fucking horrible. It's te- it's terrible. It's right up there with some of the worst. I love it. It's horrendous. I love it. It's horrendous. But that's All okay. Right. I, I appreciate All the right. sentiment. <laughs> On that happy note, uh, Eddie Trunk, Loudcasters, Kiss Army. People that were there from the beginning, people that were in there from the middle, people that are new, people that came in the elevator and left. Everybody, his fans, his tards. Thank you. Eddie Trunk, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, We truly appreciate it. Gene Simmons and the guys from Moneybag Soda, thank you for making this episode special. Appreciate that. Loudcasters, Patreons, fans, everybody out there, like Zoo said, people who started from the beginning, who are starting now, who started 100 episodes ago. You guys are the best. We love you so much. And Zeus, as always, my friend, this obviously would be nothing without you by my side. What do you want me? <laughs> Peace out, Girl Scout. So we're up to 200, right? Yeah. Do you remember when we first started this? And we're like, oh, yeah. it's a podcast. What do we have? We got to come up with themes. Like, we're going to have an opening. We're going to have a closing. We got to do yeah. this. Uh, how about some jerky? Boy, shit. I don't know. Is that going to work? Fuck it. Who cares? Let's just do it. Right. I, I remember that. I'd be like, what do, do you think? Are people going to get this? Are they going to like this? What are we, We're going to do like Revenge of the Nerd quotes. And <laughs> when we say YouTube, you're going to say some fucking random line from a jerky boy <laughs> yeah. skit that no one's ever heard of. And it's like, not even the jerky boy act. Exactly. It's the fucking lady. The it's mom the lady. The other, right. Goes, you do. Right. Star. Like so. all that shit. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's just incredible. Do you know what I like too? We never discussed that we were going to do lyrics at the end. We never had that when we planned our first episode. I just randomly randomly said, well, you know, Tom, I'm hot like an oven. I needed some loving because I'm hot like an oven. And then he said, fuck it. I'm with something like I'll hit the highway doing 69. I think that was the first one. It was either that randomly threw that out. It was either I hit the highway doing 69 or my heater's broken. I'm so tired. That was one of the, that was one of the first, it might've been the, hitting the highway doing 69. And that was, that, then that was it. You're right. Cause that wasn't like, Hey, all right, we'll go, when we end the show, we're going to sign off with a lyric. You just threw that out there. And I was like, all right. Yeah. And I think as people have kind of 
come to the realization we're a little bit OCD and fucking let's have everything organized. Let's have it. So we, a lot of these things started coming in a little bit later. Like I, I didn't have the you do and all that stuff until right. later on right. and started picking up and then it became part of our show. And then speaking we have fucking go ahead. So speaking of OCD, do you remember we used to track what the lyric was from? Be like, I can't do that. You just did a, a song from Destroyer. Oh, this is talking about used to. I still do it. Oh, I don't. <laughs> you don't look fucking asshole. I still look. I, I have a chart of what albums we've done our last lyric for. And I'm like, you know what? Um, uh, we've done 20 from this, 15, 17. I, Ooh, I've I only did done do, eight from there. I did that for I did that for a long, long time. And then eventually I started choosing my lyric to have it loosely based on the on the episode topic. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. But I'm yeah. saying I do look. See what I'm like oh, behind. I, I, I did that, and then I was like, you know what? I, I'm, well, I'm, thanks, I think the, thanks for telling me. No, I, I, no, I did. If the episodes, no, I, I did. I was, I was, I was very, very conscious, and I'm like, ah, hey, you know what? I, I think I have like just a boy left. I'm not doing that. So like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, I'm curious because I haven't checked that. Like, I haven't been like crossing the songs off. I have the albums. Yeah, the albums get a color if we use them. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. how I know how many times the yeah. song's picked from that album. Yeah. But I'm curious to see if I'm like, is there a song we haven't done yet? Oh, I, God. I bet you there is. We can the Shout Out Loudcast intern can go <laughs> yeah. research 200 episodes yeah. and figure yeah. that out. We had a few people remember they're like, hey, yeah. uh, what do you need? Like, yeah. Dude, I can't have somebody fucking do this go for work. What do you need a fake ID for? <laughs> like, vote. Like, <laughs> we could come up with shit like that, but there were other stuff dude, along dude, the way. Interning for Shout Out Loudcast is like interning for Cramerica Industries. <laughs> it's not a real thing. Yeah, like, Cramerica <laughs> Industries. Yeah. It's not a real thing. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to use that in their NYU internship <laughs> application. Exactly, exactly. But we'll see what happens. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. Fantasy Points.